There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is the show about awesome things with awesome people. I think I nailed that that time. Uh, I'm a little flustered uh, for those listening because uh, just spent the last 15 minutes trying to get everything set up to uh, chat with our guest, which you may or may not have heard in some sort of pre-kind of show cut that I do. I don't know. We're, we're, we're uh, flying off the seat of our pants here, but please welcome to the show. Uh, you know him from that place on the internet, uh, baseball comedy nerd, beard icon, and friends to dog. Please welcome Jason Tabris. Hey, how you doing, Kevin? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate that. And it's this time, It's uh, it feels so good to hear your voice because when, uh, as soon as I uh, said your last name in the, the last cut, it was nothing but silence. And I was like, oh man, I offended him. <laughs> no, the last name is, uh, is, is, uh, does, does get people tied up sometimes. But again, even people that I, I know for a while, uh, get it wrong. So I thought about changing to the, like to breeze for a while. Cause that seems to be, and then I could like try and slowly work my way into being nicknamed the breeze. But I actually, oh. I actually tried, I'm not even kidding. I tried it. On a phone call with someone, they asked me how to pronounce. It. I'm like, oh, actually, it's Tabriz, and I, it then reflects, no, nope, <laughs> that was terrible, and I never, and I would never ever do that again. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm stuck with Tabris. Um, yeah, it's so. I based off of I've been following you for a long time on Twitter. In fact, a long time ago, when, probably when I first started this show up, or in, somewhere in that first like year or so, I think I. I connected with you to try to get you on the show you did which i, I realized you did which i realized i completely blew you off uh and it wasn't intentional <laughs> i just completely like because when you when you asked me to be on again i was like i'm looking in in the, in the dm on twitter and i'm like oh golly that was like four years ago or whatever i just totally left and that happens to be because i'm an awful person apparently but i see that from time to time i'll like reach out to a friend on twitter and like we'll talk in like other ways but then i'll see uh that i haven't you know responded to a message from five years ago uh, right. because time, but, but now it's fine. Cause time is, is, is a relic of the past. So <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, and, and I actually, I seem to remember and because I, I go through these, uh, eras of my life that where I'm like, I just need to clear out this whole screen of DMS. So like, I don't even have the history. I, the way I remember it, uh, and we can choose to believe this, the truth, regardless of what your screen says. <laughs> I remember you responding and saying like, I just I'm not really an interesting guest right now or something along those lines. No, I would never say that because I, <laughs> there's there's no way I would ever there's no moment uh, in time where I would ever think that I'm not interesting. It's not true that I'm interesting. Like you're like an awesome like you know talking to awesome people. I'm like, "Oh, you're undershooting that one with this with me right now." But 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think I would ever, uh, I don't think I would ever volunteer that I'm not, uh, interesting. Well, and it's, it's, but I will be my, not interesting. Well, you know, we, I th- is, what is interesting in, in the quarantine <laughs> times? Yeah, exactly. I it's mean, like it's, right now we're, we're all trying to get a low, low bar. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, right. uh, I, I think I can, del- I think I can deliver on the bare minimum. I, I today, uh, so I have, I have two children, one in kindergarten, one in second grade. And, and my fiance is a teacher, um, uh, for the school district of Philadelphia. So, uh, we got our two kids in the suburbs here who are doing tons of work. She's got all these meetings because tr- they're still Philly is like just now, like getting started for their distance learning. And then I work at a place that still lets me work from home. And, uh, so, but it's, it's, I, I go crazy trying to help everyone out. And I'm just like, uh, my fiance goes, I ordered masks from a neighbor, like three blocks down. Can you go pick them up? I'm like, I'm going to walk so I can take a leisurely time and, uh, have five minutes to myself. Uh, I brought my coffee with me and just had a nice, like 10 minute walk of silence. It was fantastic. And that was like the highlight of my week. I can't, I can't even cling to that. I haven't had any, I haven't had like more than a quick stroll like to the car. Sometimes I sit in my car or like I'll sit in like the tailgate in my driveway uh, just to feel air. Uh, and, and that's that's pretty much it. Everything else is like walking up and down the stairs for exercise. And, you know, I'm really embracing uh, the home confinement aspects of this thing. I'm trying to trying to figure out if I want to buy like a treadmill or something because who knows how long this thing's going to last. It, it is... It's, so we had to actually. We were supposed to get married on April tenth. Ah, uh, see that's heartbreaking. Uh, I hate. I hate to hear that. That's heartbreaking. That it, you know what it was. I, I, I'm actually staring at a sign my son put together that says four ten twenty that he has hung on the window, which he did on that day or, or maybe the night before. And um, we 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 were able to. We were obviously sad about it, but we were able to do something special with the kids, and we wrote a, we wrote them a script, and we had like a little family ceremony. Uh, and we made, we made the best of it that day. And, and, and now we're just That's nice. clinging, clinging to hope that, uh, July 31st, the new date, uh, does not also get, uh, bumped. Yeah. Hopefully. From, uh, I mean, for, you know, for a lot, for a lot of reasons I can, again, right. not, not to have a sad, not to, uh, a friend of mine uses this phrase and I, I'm stealing it, uh, not to have a sad off, but, uh, we, we got out of our house and we're living with a friend and the plan was, okay, we're going to save up a little, a few months. And then we're going to move down to Atlanta and have this kick-ass new life. And our move-out date was May 1. And oh. that ain't happening. So we're right, right. just kind of stuck here staring at our friends. And he's out of work. And, yeah, so it's we're all just kind of – my wife isn't working right now. So it's just everybody stares at me while I type away all day. Or I'm on Zoom now, calls and they're just staring at me. I'm like their show. Uh, well, is that – in? interesting show or is it <laughs> no as i said before not an interesting show <laughs> right, 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 at right. all especially the like the be- like the behind the scenes unedited version of it uh, <laughs> which is just sitting here in like you know like a ratty mtv t-shirt and like a like a baseball hat uh typing passively i don't even type like with any kind of like vigor or any kind of like energy to it it's all just <laughs> like just all just tap 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 tap. <laughs> the slow yeah. words per minute down big time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so now I, I can only really gauge this based off of maybe uh, one of your old podcasts that we will we'll probably mention uh, at some point, and and your tweets. But are you uh, are you in like the, the Jersey area? Because I know you've done Philly Nerd Night. 
Um, yeah, I did. Your name on that. Yeah, I did. Philly Nerd Night uh, one time. Uh, crushed it. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I, uh, but I, yeah, I'm in North Jersey uh, right now. Okay. And uh, probably forever. Uh, <laughs> is that, were you born and raised uh, in North Jersey? No, I was, I was born in Allentown. Uh, moved, oh, okay. around, moved around a whole bunch, Virginia, New York, Jersey, Long Island, Pennsylvania. Uh, yeah. So my father was in retail when I was a kid. So we just got, he got transferred like every seven, eight, nine months. I've lived in, Ooh. I moved like 20 times by the time I was 20. Uh, oh, wow. Counting like long ass, like hotel stays, like when they were in the middle of a move and just, yeah. So I've seen uh, the Northeast, I've seen all parts of the Northeast uh, and uh, I'm utterly unimpressed. So <laughs> ready, very ready for a change, but scared, yeah, I, uh, scared of where to go because you know, it's, it's, right. it's chaotic all over, but you're seeing certain places where it's like, Oh, extra special chaotic and crazy. So. Yeah, it is. I, I was talking to my brother-in-law slash soon to be brother-in-law, however you want to refer to him. Uh, we were chatting uh, the other night and I was like, like, what? is going to happen like what happens after may 8th for pennsylvania that's our our stay-at-home order right now is is till may 8th i'm sure it's probably going to be extended but like what happens when there is no more stay at home when when life quote unquote reopens like are we just wearing masks for the rest of our life is that is that the new normal uh i mean i feel like it's i mean yeah i feel like i mean it's certainly not going to be you know like a switch back to normal first of all i think it's going to be staggered and i think it is going to be done before it seems like it's going to be done before we're ready. I mean, you know, I don't want to get too political, but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at tweets today where, you know, we're talking about injecting light into people's bodies and disinfectant. <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> like my head is on like swivel. I'm like, like, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> I don't know if, I don't know if you watch uh, Shit's Creek. Uh, no, I, I want to. I've seen some stuff about it. There's so Dan Levy is is fantastic in the show, and like I saw the 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 tweet about that, I was just oh my god! Like it was like in like that kind like in like his, like basically it's a phrase he uses on the show, and it's like oh my god! I I, I again I don't want to get I'm really trying hard to not to get political because I don't know what kind of show this is, and I don't want to throw you off or piss, piss you off if you're wearing a red hat right now. But, um, <laughs> but um, which would be shocking if you're following me on Twitter, because I, I don't I don't think uh, that's my demo. But um, no. but uh, yeah, no, I uh, yeah, it's things are crazy. I don't I don't I don't know. I'm I mean, again, I, you know, I work from home like all the time right. I've been working from home for I haven't worked in an office in 12, 13 years. And I wasn't working for a part of that. And I was just kind of writing scratch here, scratch there. Uh, but like, it's, it's difficult again. It's, I, I, I feel for people who are just thrust into it also, um, right, because right. it's a lot, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a huge adjustment. And the, the hardest thing is time management and being able to kind of separate. And it's hard for me because usually the thing I do when like, I need a break or I need a minute, oh, I'll take a look at like, you know, MLB trade rumors or NBA right. or basketball stuff or whatever. And nope, none of that. <laughs> it's like, there's right. nowhere to go. Nothing to read, no distractions. So you could like, and it's like, you can't like, you know, take a five minute break to go watch. Well, I guess Quibi now, but uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's it, that, that is a difficult uh, thing. Cause it just does feel uh, always on, always present. Uh, I've been trying right. to avoid 
hard news as much as possible. I kind of get clued in from my wife and my roommate when anything big is happening. But, you know, there's a level of helplessness, too. It's You can't really do anything other than just, you know, staying, you know, social distancing and, you know, washing hands and, and you know, coughing into your arm and all that stuff. And, and we're doing we're all yeah. doing that and we're all doing, you know, what we're supposed to. We were ahead of the curve. We, you know, we've been uh, we've been, you know, fashioning masks for a while and uh, we got supplies a little earlier than I think most people did. Just, you know, some extra toilet paper and some extra canned goods and stuff. Uh, just because, I mean, again, I don't know if the president wasn't paying attention, but I sure, I sure saw stuff in January and February and on the news and stuff that scared the hell out of me. So, uh, you know, we've right. yeah trying to prepare a little bit, but yeah, it's, it's, it's scary times. We, uh, we definitely, we were, un- no, I don't want to say underprepared because I don't feel like we're underprepared now. I mean, I think it like, is. We we're, were, all, it I mean, we're all underprepared for this, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, but like we, there were, and we weren't desperate for toilet paper, but it was like one day, like it was probably, it was, uh, I think Pennsylvania locked down like the last week of March. Mm. And it was probably like the Thursday before that, where we were like, maybe this is like legit and we should go get like some stuff. And, uh, my, my fiance went with the kids to go get like groceries and stuff. And I went to, I, my sole job was to find toilet paper, which I was, I failed at. I, I still have yet to go to a store you know, on, uh, April 23rd, 2020 and be able to find much paper products. Uh, but I'm also going in the middle of the day, probably when they've been ransacked. So I had an uh, edge. My roommate was working, uh, in a, in a retail store, uh, mm. he would get access to it and he would get some, but we weren't, we didn't have, I, we don't have like, I assure you, uh, marauders. We don't have a toilet paper room. Uh, <laughs> right now I, I probably have 20 rolls of toilet paper. I'm not a toilet, I'm not a toilet paper warlord. Uh, or a warlord of any kind. I have like, you know, we've, we've tried to prepare with stuff, but like, you know, at this point, you know, right. you got like, you know, three or four bottles of Purell and, you know, 20 yeah. rolls of toilet paper and you're a king. Yeah. So. We, we, we did, we stuck with like, we, when we were able to get it, we still only got like one BJ's case of, of TP. My, my fiance is a teacher, as I said. So we were able to have like, we had our the disinfectant wipes and the, uh, the, the, perp, the, Purell and stuff. So we had some of that already. So, so we, you know, we're fine, it, you know, in the grand, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, we're very lucky. Um, and oh, definitely. I mean, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially you see where it's, you know, it's starting to tear through other parts of the world too. And it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really scary what, you know, what this is going to wind up with. And, and I did, I did the same thing. It sounds as you did. I, I was like all over the news, the, the nature of my job. I just happened to like get some insider information and, uh, was constantly watching Governor Wolf on on the web streams, and at some point, I think it was a week into me working remotely, I was just like, I need to stop this. Like, I'm go, I, I, I don't have a fear of like COVID itself. I have a fear of of society collapsing because of this. So I, I like peeled myself away from the news, and I and I'll check in once, you know, usually just through Twitter. I get all the what is the insane thing that you know we all know. Uh, who's in charge uh, said like what did he say today that made me want to pull my non-existent hair out oh I'm guessing it was the light thing or the you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's the that's the headline to me but again you know I try to I try to not pay too much attention to what he says because there's a real you know do you believe what that asshole said kind of factor uh, right. and I feel firmly that that's kind of greased the skids to our just downfall like beyond this like before that and I'm, I've done it. I send the tweets and I, you know, make the snarky little jokes and stuff. And, and we all do it. Uh, but 
I just don't know how helpful it is because it's, it's just, again, I'm just really trying to just zero in on facts and things that are potentially, you know, things that are hopeful. You know, I'm just trying to find the right. light within myself, really. Uh, and uh, that's, you know, I'm just trying to find, you know, hope, uh, essentially. That was a bad joke. The light within myself. I just, I just want to lay that out because to me, comedy is always best when it's explained. So I, I because ironically you said that, I was like, oh my god, that's the name of this show. That's the name of this episode right here. Find the light within myself. Um, Perfect. That's awesome. Uh, Usually, I suck at titles, so I'm happy to. I'm happy to accidentally back into one. I, I always try to have a title, the, not the a light. Title. I don't want to accidentally back into a light. I don't no. know what method of delivery they're talking about with the lights but i i will i'll just take the uv lights uh and and nothing else i'll just let them soak on me uh but that's going back to to sports uh, actually hold on i gotta make i gotta no yeah go ahead sorry i don't okay no no please no 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 okay uh uh, going back to sports that's when i knew it was real was when like the nba shut down yeah then yeah i think that's a lot of people yeah yeah, that they shut down. Hockey shut down, and then in baseball, like just they were just getting started with with spring training, and it's like my god, it, it, it's you know what's funny. I, and me, I got, you know what's funny to me. Literally, right. like last week, I saw a thing about hockey, and I honestly forgot hockey was a thing until like I, it was like, oh yeah, hockey. Oh yeah, they're not yep. doing that either. It's it's I'm a I I'm a football guy. I, I really like football. Uh, I. I, I like baseball, but I don't pay attention to it as often as I, I should just because I'm in my head. I'm like, oh, there's 180 some games. I'll just catch the next one. And then all of a sudden it's the World Series. Uh, so but like hockey is a, a sport that I enjoy to watch. Again, it's it's a lot like baseball to me, where it's like, oh, it's it's there's like a lot of games. I'll catch one at some point. But the same thing we, today, we were talking about face masks uh, and our, the neighbor that we picked up from. She also had like a gritty style. I was like, why didn't you get me gritty? And then I was like, oh, wait, that's hockey. <laughs> Like I complete same deal. I, I forgot hockey was a thing, but uh, yeah. So so I was saying to someone the other day though. See, I don't want a cool mask. I don't want one of the you know because I again I get stopped. I'm a, okay. So I'm a fat guy. I wear baseball hats all the time. I wear like a, an array right. of baseball hats. I saw your avatar like the nice like old school Phillies hat. I've oh got, yeah, I've got yes. that too. That's one of my favorite hats. Uh, and uh, I am wearing a you know Mets hat right now. I always always wear them. Uh, and uh, I get stopped. When I'm on the street, people point it out, say something about the team. Usually they think I'm like repping a team that I'm not just because I like the colors. Uh, right, so right. they're like, you know, like, you know, like Philly sucks. Okay, okay that's great. Uh, although I, <laughs> I, I, I'm a recovering Orioles fan. And I did get a lot of that, and that was fair because they do. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't want that with masks. I don't want people stopping me and talking to me about my Superman mask or anything like that. Yeah, I don't, that I don't was, want the first was... conversations right now, especially. Right. Yeah. That, well, that was a strange moment. For, so I, I, uh, around here like around the corner there's a plasma donation center mm. and i i still go and donate uh because i'm hopeful that the the nurses there are not are doing everything they can to protect themselves mm-hmm. and plasma is still needed and 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 stuff so like i'm still doing my part to to try to help people no, that's awesome. and uh but i went in today wearing my eagles face mask and um and the, another lady, one of the nurses had one too. And she, and then I was like, damn it, this is the same thing. I was like, this, I, I'm very antisocial. As much as I talk on this podcast, very antisocial. And uh, so I was just like, oh boy, here comes the conversation. And the more high I talk five. in this mask, the more it starts to slip down. That's what the fear is. You go in there with the same mask and she's going to mm-hmm. like, high five, hit it. 
yeah. yeah, let's there you go. Oh yeah, yeah. You yeah, don't yeah. want that. You don't again you yeah. don't want the, the high five. You don't want the conversation right now. It's just, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's why yeah. I stick with uh I just have a plain uh it's like a it's like the world's longest turtleneck. Uh it's basically a crop top, I think, that if in the yes. summer, if this thing breaks, that's how I'll wear it. Uh <laughs> and just like, you know, hit the hit the boardwalk. Uh but for now it's it's protecting my face, uh or half of my face. There is, I mean, God, I feel like it was just yesterday that like Jersey, the Jersey shores got hit like economically because of Sandy and there's no way they're, they're not going to open this summer. That's another like big downfall. I have, you know, at this point, honestly, I have no, I, I'm, I'm not making predictions at this point. Cause it's like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? I, again, who knows if the sure. summer slows it? Who knows, you know, it's still, it's still not really warm out. So, you know, it, you know, I try to take some hope in the idea that uh, uh, that the Southern Hemisphere wasn't like hasn't been like overwhelmed by it. It doesn't seem to this point that there's maybe right. something to that effect since it's now just starting with fall there. But I'm not a doctor. I yeah. have no idea. I'm just, again, I'm just looking at this point. We're all grasping for anything that seems like hope. Right, right. Well, and, and speaking of that, I think we've devoted enough time to uh, let people know that this episode was recorded in the age of COVID-19. Um, I do want to uh, focus on you some of tra- that. You have, to trash, you have to trash the whole episode if they come out with a cure like next week. <laughs> oh, my God. Because my luck is they'll release the cure on uh, Wednesday when this episode drops. Uh, I mean, that'll be all of it. I'd be okay. I, honestly, dude, listen, if that happens, we'll do another one. Okay? I will make myself available. Go. We will take that loss. There we go. That game. Um, yeah. So um, I, there's a lot that you wanted to touch on. And, and since we're actually – I want to go right to – we already talked about baseball. And you're – I do want to talk about this because you're launching a baseball podcast that seems like – first of all, let's go into that. You're launching a baseball podcast um, at – would you call it the worst possible time? Uh, no, I don't think so because it's not, it's not okay. really about uh, ongoing – I mean, I'm a baseball fan, and I, but I don't like re- like religiously watch every game. Uh, and I, okay. I just, it's, I, I have it on in the background a lot, but it's an interest, and it's a thing I read about a lot, and just kind of track like you know, transactions and stuff like that. And I've been a fan for uh, of it since I was a kid. But the thing is, I, um, I really enjoy what I do. So for what I do for a living, I, I do interviews, and sometimes they're in person. And uh, like I said, I wear baseball hats all the time. And sometimes people will, you know, start a little conversation a couple of minutes and it's always fun. It's a nice little mm-hmm. like order before, the, you know, we get to, you know, actually start like having the, the full conversation. And so it's been on my mind for a while to try and just do something where I could talk to just interesting people, writers, actors, comedians, athletes, whatever. Uh, but do it centered around like baseball and just kind of talk about like their nostalgia for it and, you know what they love about it and, and stuff. So just kind of starting that out. Uh, so it's it, to me, yeah. So it's, it's a lot of people are starting podcasts right now. Yes. Uh, but, uh, I, I was li- literally did an interview a couple weeks ago. I was talking to somebody and I was like, you know, they're like, oh, everybody's got a podcast. Like not me. I'm retired. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like retired. And I'm like, I am. And then it's like, yeah, I guess not. Uh, but um, yeah. Uh, so I, the first guest, Mike Oz from uh, Yahoo sports, does a crazy, amazing show called uh, old baseball cards on there. Uh, where he opens up old cards with a bunch of like old baseball players and current players and everything. Uh, and it's, it's a fun show. And uh, so he was first guest and we talked a lot about uh, his upbringing in Oakland, but we also touched a little bit about comedy and stuff like that. So it's not just like hardcore. Mm. Uh, you know, we're not talking, nobody's going to talk about like, you know, 
you know, robot umpires and, uh, well, maybe they will, but I don't know. But, uh, you know, there's not going to be a deep analysis of the split finger fastball. It's, it's light and, it's, you know, about baseball culture and, you know, baseball movies and stuff like that. And it's just, you know, oh. a nice fun thing. So the plan is to launch it um, next week, uh, but we'll see. Uh, edits and such are, uh, mm. are a bit of an all-consuming thing, but uh, right. I will, uh, now that I'm doing this, this, this helps me to drive me to launch the thing, so that way it's not weird when like you're like, you got a podcast on, it's like, yes, yeah, someday! Uh, <laughs> so it'd be helpful if I had like a link so that if anybody was you know, fooled into thinking I'm interesting, that they would want to check this thing out. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the plan right now, and then again, I'm going to kind of see how it goes and just try to take it easy. I, I'm not going to commit to a schedule because I learned right. the folly of that podcast oh yeah uh, yeah it's just because it's when it's not your central thing it's not i mean it's not even my third or fourth priority at this point so mm-hmm. uh it's some it's something i enjoy and you know doing the first episode you kind of get the you know you get the feel of it back but again it's a lot like i do a lot of interviews for work so it feels very similar to that um but uh, obviously it's a little different when it's you know recorded and everything and you've got to you know spend five hours listening to see if you hear like a light squeal in the background or you know somebody like the gentle like crush of a can or something it's like oh gotta cut that out because somebody will notice it right right uh, yeah there's that but yeah that's uh, so that, that's the thing that's happening yeah that's the the my my in the years that i've been doing podcasting it used to be like oh i gotta cut out every uhs and ums and then it turned into like well i can leave a little bit of that noise in there and now it's it's let me just make sure we're not stomping all over each other let me just make sure that there's no audio drift if other than that if they're like, there's a good, I told my kids to go to bed an hour ago and I can hear, I can hear them in the background. So there's a good chance that they'll, they'll come running in in the middle of this interview and I'll have to <laughs> maybe edit that out. Probably forget to. Um, so I, I've become very slacked, uh, relaxed rather. Um, yeah, I think that's okay and, though. And I think we're, I mean, honestly, I think that's okay. I, when I do interviews, I do keep in like the slight, you know, when people trail off and then go back into another thought. Sometimes it's interesting, I think, to see where someone was going and to see the process of it, uh, the likes and ums and stuff so, and stuff like that. There's, there's no harm in that, in my opinion. Uh, and- I think it's, I think it is. Uh, again, people, you know, when you have someone who is answering questions without any, like, with with a with a rapidness, mm-hmm. when there's no pause and there's no, they're not thinking about what they're saying, so it's not it's not a real conversation. Like, I, it's something I've picked up over time. And so when I have, uh, specifically when I have those interviews. When you have someone who is uh, very con- very considered about what they're going to say, um, I don't want to drop names. Am I an asshole if I drop names and mention people? Like, I don't want to be that guy. I mean, I'm okay with it. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, so, an interview that I had that was a really great, uh, a really great example of that was at the end of last year. Uh, I got a chance to talk to John Mulaney, and John Mulaney is a really just considered, like he really considers what he's going to say, and he takes a second to pause and, and think about his answer, and it was fantastic. And I, I love that kind of experience where you know you're actually, you know, connecting with someone, and they're not just giving you off the, you know, the, the surface answers that they've been doing on the press tour, but it's actually like you're having a conversation with someone. Right. And he was a great, he was a great example and a great interview uh, because of that, because he listens to you and then he talks to you, and it's great on the other side when I listen to him and I talk to him. That's how it's supposed to work. Right. So when it, you know that it worked like that perfectly with him, and and again I've had some examples of people, and I won't be dropping the names of people who that hasn't <laughs> been the case, but um, I, most of the time you get that though you get a nice yeah. back and forth conversation. So to me, yeah, it's like showing your work. You know, mm-hmm. leave sometimes it's okay I think to leave in uh, the the kind of the bits and bops and stuff of a conversation because it's it's real, right? And especially now with everything going on, I don't think anybody gives a fuck, right? 
and, and that's the that was the thing is is when I started listening to to my own show and other shows where they were more relaxed on the editing, I was like, wow, it's when I leave those extra tidbits in there, those us and ums, it's it's a real conversation, and that's what at the heart of this show, everything is awesome. What I wanted to, I had a hard time doing podcasts where I had a co-host because our schedules could never mesh. I I, I was at the time. I had um, a newborn son and I had to like back away from podcasting and there was no way I was going to say, Hey, let's do a podcast at 3am. Like the, 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 the amount of co-hosts in line for that are very, very small, that line. Uh, so I had to, this show is like, Oh, I have like a new co-host every week uh, or whenever, every time I, I sit down and record, I have a new, a new co-host. Um, and we just have a nice conversation for an hour or, or so. And, 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 uh, it's real. It's, it's, I get to know the person a little bit more. Hopefully they're having a good time talking about whatever they want to talk about. Um, I'm, I'm sure uh, at some point, uh, we, we always work in Batman at some point to, to this. Uh, I'm sure that will, as we go to your podcasting history, I'm sure that will happen. Batman is good. I love, love me some Batman. <sighs> there was a split second there. I was like, Oh my God, he dropped again. <laughs> no, I was considering what I was going to say. I was, I was, like I said, there you I go. Was considering, <laughs> Like, do I want to say that Batman is good? It's a controversial position. In this economy, do I want to say that? Do I want to really stand for Batman? But I do. I do want to stand for Batman. Always, always standing for Batman. Uh, the comic it's, books it's, are, are, are uh, well, I don't know. Okay, so what kind of, if, if, if we can, uh, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. You mentioned Batman, and he is on, I'm, lo- I'm looking at, a, like, a Batman statue right now. Uh, and there's a Gonzo. Uh, these are my, these are my trinkets. Uh, <laughs> uh, these are my most important possessions in the world. I was just telling that to a friend earlier today that my, uh, I have a three foot tall Gonzo like Muppet uh, that I said, that's the thing. That's like, awesome. if there's a fire. That's the thing I'm going to grab. And she's like, that's the thing. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to like my, if my laptop burns, I'm free. Uh, and if, you know, <laughs> if, you know, if else is in the cloud, I, you know, I don't really care about, all right, well, actually, all right. So now, now that I think about it though, see, this is turning into the, now turning into like Steve Martin and the jerk. Uh, so it's the, it's the Gonzo. Uh, I have a pair of uh, black and red Jordan, uh, like 11s uh that mean, okay. mean, mean a great deal to me uh so probably those these are the things that are not like with a pulse like obviously my wife and my dog and my friend those are, <laughs> right, right, those right. are first i have to say that because they may listen but uh right, right. loves podcasts uh and uh <laughs> gonzo gonzo would be yeah i think gonzo oh god though gonzo or the shoes that is a Ooh. fucking hard choice I don't Can you put know. the shoes on Gonzo? He has little shoes. He's like it's it was a master replicas thing, so it's like a it's like a an actual Gonzo, uh, but, like, but you can't like it's like like functional. Uh, but right, believe right. me, if it was, then my my yeah, my Instagram live would be amazing. But uh, <laughs> it, he's like a, just a three foot tall uh, Gonzo in a, like a little maroon suit, and he's got black patent leather shoes, uh, and the Jordans are patent leather in parts, so it does kind of go. But I think they're too big for him because I do not have mm. two feet. Uh, mm. but yeah, but, the, but anyway. So back to Batman. Uh, yeah, I have a, an Alex Ross like a like a ten inch like statue, and Alex Ross to me is like the perfect like embodiment of what Batman. Like when I close my eyes and think of Batman, as I often do, uh, it's it's the Alex Ross uh, version from like Justice uh, that is that is the one that I see. But um, yeah, I'm curious what your Batman introduction was. Is it the films? Was it like Super Friends, toys, comic books? Because uh, I think everybody is somewhat different. So my introduction to Batman is 
Not, it's definitely not the comics because as a kid, I was a I was a Marvel's uh, Marvel zombie. I guess is, is what they call you. Um, okay. uh, and even that, like, I wasn't a hardcore comic book reader really until I was like in my twenties. But same, actually, um, same exact, same exact thing. But I, I read I, I, Batman was probably while he's not my Batman. Keaton is my Batman. My introduction was Adam West Batman, sixty six Batman. Um, my dad, uh, he worked overnights, um, uh, as a security guard. So he often was like the guy he was watching me before I went to school. Um, so when at that early age, uh, we would watch, I was raised like on Nick at night <clears throat> and Nick at night back then was actual shows from like the fifties and sixties and stuff. And, and oh, yeah, yeah, Batman, um, I forget, of course I don't know what station it was on, but I remember Adam West, Batman, and Burt Ward's Robin. They were like my introduction to Batman. Uh, that eventually led to, and I was, or I mean, by the, at that age, I was born in '84. I probably started watching that. I would have to imagine, you know, probably around 1990. Um, and so, I would guess the my first Batman movie in the theater was probably one of those Schumacher ones. Um, but I do remember, like, I eventually started watching the Keaton one and he became my Batman that like would lead me to the, the animated series. And when I close my eyes, that's the voice I hear and, and the, and, uh, and whatnot. But yeah, Adam West was my Is Keaton or, or like Kevin Conroy from the animated series. Kevin Conroy. Uh, gotcha. yeah. yeah, he's my voice that I hear. Dude, he's I on cameo. Him. He's on cameo for like 70 bucks. Go make it happen. I know. I, I uh, I saw that like a week ago. I was like, "Do I drop seventy dollars?" And <laughs> I don't know why I didn't do it that day. <laughs> it's 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 something that like I'm I'm sitting on, and I know that I'm like I I have a hard time when I go to cons and stuff. Like I always I usually go as part of the press, um, but even before that, when I would go as a like I would pay money to go. I never was the guy. I was like, "Let me pay like an extra hundred dollars for a photo." Like it, it's weird, like, and I know that's how they make their money, but. I'm very antisocial, as I said earlier. So, like, I, I'm going to not have anything interesting to say to these these famous people that, uh, I, you know, I admire. Um, but, yeah, cameo with Kevin Conroy, that's – I know when I decide to pull that trigger, it's going to be – he's going to up that to, like, 150 easy. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's probably a buyer's market right now. Uh, right. with that stuff, but, uh, yeah, I, don't know. I did, I honestly had, I had never done it before. Uh, but I, for a friend for, again, we, we discussed before Chris Cummins, uh, my friend who's, who's a Philadelphia, uh, I'm going to say Philadelphia icon. I'm gonna give him that status. Uh, but Chris, uh, <laughs> okay. obviously hosts nerd night and, uh, does, uh, does, uh, sci-fi explosion, uh, which is on Instagram now. And, and I've done that a few times with him and that's a wild, wild show. I did that with him in New York at caveat. And, uh, uh, he's again, he's a, he's. Uh, a showman for our times. Uh, mm. Well, for, well, for our, for our previous times and he's, he's working on doing it for these times as well. Uh, but uh, I got Chris, uh, Mindy Cohen. He's a huge facts of life fan. Okay. So I asked, I asked for, uh, I, I, Mindy Cohen was nice enough to do a, a cameo for him uh, and he exploded with joy. So it's, it's, it's a great, it's great to actually give those. Right. I would not want to receive them personally mm-hmm. it doesn't really do anything for me but to to give them to people i think it's it's a, it's, a, it's an awesome thing because people have that you know real connection i don't mean to sound like an asshole when i say <laughs> they do nothing for me i'm not an autograph guy right. i'm not really like a picture guy either mm-hmm. it's just you know nature of my work 
I just, I don't, it's, that's not, I don't view celebrity like that. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no way to not sound like an asshole. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I do get it. No, pull it up. I'm just slamming it to the mountain. There's no way to not sound like an asshole, but it's what I do for a living. So I talk to people constantly. So it's like, if I, 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 I it's like a psychological block right. where like fandom gets shut off to a certain extent. Like yeah. I can't allow myself to do it. It's really not that I, I don't get enthusiastic about things. Uh, I actually did do an autograph for the first time ever, I think. Uh, like a year and a half ago with Don Mattingly because uh, I grew up a Yankees fan as a kid uh, and my dog is named after him. Uh, and uh, so, which is okay. which is probably not the greatest compliment. I actually had a science teacher when I was in seventh grade whose son was named after him. Okay. That was probably better. Okay. Uh, but um, yeah, so I got, and, and I and I did that and, and don't regret it at all. Uh, right. Even though I, you know, uh, I felt uh, a little weird about mm. it, but uh, it was it was a cool experience. But um yeah. Yeah, I uh, the again the cameo thing is is an interesting, an interesting way to people to connect. It's even interesting to see people just the way they connect in general right. with fandom. I don't know if you follow uh, Ken Marino from uh, the state uh, and from a ton of other things, Veronica Mars and everything. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think I follow him on any of the socials. I, I, I he's just... he's a cool follow on Twitter. He's a, he's a, right. he's an awesome uh, awesome just actor and comedian. Yeah, a genius and. Uh, I've been watching, he does this thing where he's like just setting up like, hey, anybody want to do a call? And he's just calling people randomly uh, and awesome. having conversations with people. That's fucking rad as hell. Yeah, that's- uh, you know, again, th- this is re- revealed the cool side of, of, you know, certain people. And, you know, mm-hmm. seeing John Krasinski doing his thing where it's like all good news. And obviously the uh, myriad of, of, of charitable efforts, Mike Berbiglia with, with Tip Your Weight staff is hugely cool uh, and how he's trying to help uh, people in the comedy community and people that work as like waiters and bartenders and bouncers and stuff, not just comics, mm-hmm. but you know, just even on the, just in the entertainment side. And then obviously like my friend and, you know, we were talking about him before Jeremy Hudson, who, who was my, uh, was my co-host for, for years uh, on, on my podcast uh, is working on uh, running like a little army of people in Canada that are making ear savers oh, for nice. uh, hospital workers for their masks and stuff. And he's got a 3D printer, and that's what he's doing. I know a lot of people, you know, with 3D printers are putting out masks and the shield and stuff. So I know I've wildly diverged from talking about Batman, but uh, <laughs> and to unfortunately talk about the, you know, the COVID stuff again. But, you know, it, again, certain things uh, have revealed themselves uh, uh, to be, you know, again, certain people reveal themselves to be, you know, extra cool uh, and, and really, you know, trying to put their heart in the right place. And I'm not one of them. No, I've... <laughs> But no, it's, it's, again, it's inspirational, uh, right. what, what some people are doing. Yeah. It's, it's, I would say like, um, in, in real life, when I walk around, you know, the, the suburbs of Philadelphia and, uh, or like when I run out to go get, we, we've, so our, our Batman moment, which is not really a Batman moment, but our Batman moment when, when this all started was, Hey, we're both working and whatnot. Like let's order out as much as we can, because like we're, none of these people are making as much money as they used to because yeah. no one's going out anymore. So mm-hmm. that, that that's the one thing that we still, we, we eat out more than we should, but we, that's our like, Hey, this is how we're helping people moment. Um, but like when you're out there and, and you're picking up food or, or you're going grocery shopping, I feel like for the most part, and maybe it's a little bit better, but when I first started going out there, it really revealed like how not great people are. Um, in the real world, but the internet side of things, seeing people on like celebrities and just non like people doing the 3D mask thing, like you mentioned, um, seeing all that, I, I turn to Twitter, I see nothing but like good people doing good things. Um, 
you know, there's also the mix of the, the bad, the bad as well. Uh, that's just the nature of Twitter. But you're in a bubble, man. You gotta pierce the bubble <laughs> and welcome the horrible people into your life, or else you'll just get drunk on the notion that there are good people out there. You know, uh, it's that's your bubble, man. It is. It is strange because like that. That's the bubble there. But on like, I rarely go on Facebook anymore because the bubble. Like my bubble there is just like I can't believe I'm friends with these people. <laughs> like, so I have the. I have the best social media policy because I like, I don't like people on Facebook are usually people that I work with or like friends, like real, like friends in my life or occasionally people that I know online and stuff, but I don't really do anything with like randos on Facebook. Uh, and everybody that's like on the family side is mostly, you know, again, there's not a lot of stuff that I find super duper objectionable. If there is, then I mute them. Right. Uh, but, uh, and Twitter is again, mostly, again, I'm one of those people. I, my, my people I follow on Twitter, mostly it's people that, I have interactions with or that, you know, share interests with or whatever. And, uh, you know, or, you know, people that are in the same profession as me, I, I don't, uh, really get, uh, too many, uh, interactions on social media that are, uh, uh, that make me want to, you know, tear my eyes out. But uh, that's not an invitation for people to start. But, um, but I live in the bubble. I absolutely, again, the point is I live in the bubble, uh, and I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I, I, I'm good. I'm good. I've tried. I've tried to expand out. I've seen some things, and I'm 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 gonna stick in Bubblesburg. I uh, I had for the first time. Uh, I it's usually like on Facebook if people friend me. I, I usually don't ever defriend. I usually do the the muting uh, as well or, or whatever the Facebook calls it. Um, but I had one of my parents' friends are uh, ridiculous and and. Uh, you know, they, they don't believe in, uh, you know, global warming and uh, they're, they're, they wear that red cap. And I was like, All right. I was like, I'm trying not to let that define like this person who I've known my whole life. But then like they, they posted a meme making fun of Greta, Thun- uh, I'm going to ruin her last name. That fourteen-year-old girl. Thunberg, who, I believe. I think it's Thunberg, but I may be yes, wrong too. That's what I was going to say, Thunberg. So, but like, it was making fun of her. And I was like, I, I, that was the show. I was like, you can't. She's fourteen-year-old kid. Yeah, yeah it's like, you're you're like sixty-seven years old, and you're supporting making fun of this fourteen-year-old girl, girl. So, and like at first, I muted. And I was like, you know what? That's not good enough. And I went and defriended. It was the first time in years that I've done something like that. Uh, oh, good did it, and then there was no probably they didn't even realize that no, it happened. That's, I know. I've, again, I've done the same thing. It's like, <laughs> it's just, it's just for you. It's you know, it's it's. There's no point to it really. But yeah, I mean, it's you know, I've seen. Again, I try. Listen, I fail constantly at trying to live up to, you know, the the path that I lay down for myself with stuff. Where it's like, I'm not going to pay attention to this stuff. I'm not going to like be outraged. I'm not going to like when people like because I feel again. I feel like there's like this huge focus like with these protests there's this huge focus on like uh you know people that are like freaking the hell out and like it's like six people in a square and then it's like covered like it's like a thousand people and it's like i just don't i try my best to not give people residency in my head uh when they say things that are ridiculous uh or they're outrageous and it's really hard because i think just naturally we're conditioned to what Mm -hmm. uh and i but again i fail at that constantly uh, cause it's incredibly, it's instinctual at this point, 
but uh, that's that's the goal at least. This is this is fun. I'd like to talk about my failures. Uh, <laughs> let's, talk, let's talk about let's talk about the website that I built. The websites that I've that I've been a part of that have died too. We can dredge up those memories and it'll be great. It's <laughs> funny because I am staring at the. It's been since 2016, I think, the Radio Bastards um, podcast that you that we've met. That was, and I, I don't know if I've said that. The ground. We put it into well, the I, ground, Kevin. I, I that was um, for a long time, like one of the five. Po- now I listen to a million podcasts, but at the time it was one of like five podcasts that I listened to. Um, it was like it was up there with uh, the, the. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, so it was um, it was like I listened to his four shows and then that was it was like on my lineup all those years See, ago. The that's that's okay. So I. Uh, so J- Jeremy would tell me like how many people would listen. I don't care. It doesn't. I don't. I, I don't think about people listening what I'm doing because if I did, I right. wouldn't be doing it. Because uh, I'm that kind of. It's, it's the only way I can like the only way I navigate through the world is completely through denial, uh, just <laughs> pretending that the things that I'm doing that nobody's hearing or reading, so I can ask questions and not freak out. Uh, so um, that was the case with the podcast. So he would tell me, like, "All right, great, whatever, yay," uh, and uh, but. Now that we haven't done it in like four years, uh, everyone's at a blue, blue moon. Uh, and it's obviously much rarer now because it hasn't been on in years. I get that. Somebody says, oh, I, you know, I love the podcast. I listen to the podcast, whatever. It's And it's it's like, geez, wow. Like to actually the fact that we'd actually done something that people listen to and then not that they listen to it because that's great in, in and of itself, but that anybody fucking remembers it is like wild to right. me. Uh, and it just feels like, you know, just cool as hell. Uh the podcast was, I mean, born out of, honestly, the greatest thing of the podcast is, and not to be sappy, <laughs> but the greatest thing that came out of the podcast was Jeremy and, I, and my friendship. Like, we right. talk every day, uh, and <laughs> we talk every week about bringing the podcast back. Um, <laughs> that we never do. And then we get online, and we Skype, and we bullshit, and we play video, and we play MLB The Show uh, for like three or four hours uh, while our wives roll their eyes at us, and <laughs> then uh, we say, "Oh, did you get the podcast again?" It's like glory days. Uh, it's it's great. We're it's, it's, we're turning into a Springsteen song, there but you go. Uh, or a Canadian reference, like to, for for Jeremy, I guess, like an Anne Murray <laughs> song. I don't know what that would. I don't know what the. I guess Neil Young, maybe. Uh, uh, Neil I feel Young. like we claim Neil Young is ours now. I'm sorry, he's not coming back. Uh, but. Um, but, but yeah, uh, so but the, yeah, the podcast was was a uh, you know a cool thing. Uh, I don't know if we'd ever do it again. I think you and I are likely to do something again. Right. Uh, but again, we talk all the time about stuff, uh, and uh, we're always hatching hatching content plans. But uh, you know, it's hard again. Timing, life gets right. in the way. Uh, we're both super busy, and uh, you know, also <laughs> again, I find myself apologizing for sounding like an asshole. But at least I'm giving people warning. Uh, we would never put out something that was not as good as that, as polished as that, uh, and that meant as much to us. Right. Uh, and you know, the big thing has been like, is like, do I care as much about the day to day nerd culture stuff? Like, do I care as much about casting rumors mm-hmm. about Batman? No, I don't. And right. he, I don't think he does either. Because uh, a, lot, a lot of it for us is just like, you know, like the, the headline of like, you know, such and such would love to make a sequel. No shit. Like, you know, <laughs> things like that. We just, you know, we kind of have moved away from that. So I just, it would be a different show. Right. Uh, if, if we did do it again. Uh, and so there, you know, there's that. But so, uh, but anyway, sorry. Uh, but yeah, that was, that's one thing that I killed uh, to <laughs> death. Uh, let's see. 
the site that that used to run on, I don't know if that's still operating or not. I don't know. Uh, that, that was a site. I mean, that's obviously how I was introduced to that podcast. And um, I, I probably, it's been longer since I've even looked into that, that site. So I, I have no yeah, idea. I'm not, sure if I'm not sure if they're still around. I know uh, I used to run a site called Wheel of Cult, uh, which was my first, which was my first internet baby. Uh, okay. that did a lot of, honestly, a lot of like culture like crossover, like movie and film culture stuff. Like we had someone going to like, uh, the Nighthawk cinema for like dining, like theaters, like when, like when that was just starting to be a thing. And we had like a guy go to like the way station TARDIS bar in Brooklyn who wrote like this weird little, like kind of, it's one of my favorite things ever. And unfortunately it's dead now and gone, but, uh, you know, weird little, little shit like that. I had somebody do a test drive in a DeLorean. I think that actually went up on a different site, but um you know stuff like that uh was fun the internet uh can provide a lot of opportunities for people to pretend that they're you know they're they're literary and content heroes and that was certainly how i have always tried to go at it so certain things like yeah like the wheel of cult uh which i you know still romanticize because of you know the fact that uh, it was like my first real like stab at something but also like even the, the the podcast and things like that so when you tell me you remember it i feel like fucking you know i feel like you know i've made the ruddles and people are telling me, oh, I love that. Like, cause I know it's bullshit, but again, it's like you get to pre to have fantasy camp and pretend like you created a cool thing that people still remember. So thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. And, and it, it is something, the, the radio bastard in particular, I did, I, I actually, I, I pulled it up just so I could have it as reference for, for our conversation. But also I was like, let me see when, like, if there's been anything new. Cause I know at one point it was like, oh, let's, you guys were posting episodes like once every few months, uh, just like as a, like a, you know, uh, we remember to record today or whatever we it was. Weekly, we were weekly for a long time. Uh, and then, oh, yeah. yeah, it started to slow down. And then it was like every couple of months. And then it was again. Okay, we've been for probably since 2014, we've been like, you know, we're going to do it. This, no, we right. can't do it. Okay. All right, we're going to do it. No, we can't. Again, life gets in the way. It's hard. Like you said before, podcast partner, doing a partnership, it's as hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Um... I've like my my bucket list item is is a is a movie like I want to write and direct a movie, uh, but it is very much oh well uh, we're in our mid thirties now I have two kids uh, and my buddy is you know working on his he has he's got a book series that he's writing and then he's like who I consider my writing my my writing partner he's the Jason Muse to my Kevin Smith um, and uh, it's we it's hard to line up to like oh let's carve out you know a month to record a movie. Yeah. It's, I mean, again, any kind of project, I just find that I don't even know where it goes. Like I remember, uh, like we were talking about in the, in the preamble before I had at one point cut like a podcast, uh, like a dopey breaking bad podcast, uh, into, uh, a, a weird, uh, like found footage, like radio play without like we, that was never our plan. So like, I like dubbed right. a couple things and there's like, you know, I, three o'clock in the morning recording like a laughing ghost and then like <laughs> injecting that into the, yeah, it sounded like that actually, uh, you know, <laughs> doing, doing something like that and like sound effects and shit like that. And this is when I was 26 years old. I had nothing going on. It wasn't working. And it was just like, yeah, 13 or 14 hours of microscopically splicing together a podcast for this epic, like, you know, uh, monument to waste uh, seems like no big deal. Cause it just, you know, felt like there was a plenty of time on the clock. Uh, and I didn't, again, really have much going on. And now I just feel like there's no, I don't even have time to read a book. <laughs> Much less write a book. I don't have time to read a book. 
right, or, right. or anything like that. It's like, yeah, it's just where the hell did that go? Boy, this is a depressing podcast, man. Yeah, you know, uh, that's <laughs> I, the, the, the everything is awesome is uh, a lead in to get everyone to listen, and then the goal is to have everyone crying by the end. <laughs> Welcome to the mid-roll, super friends. That's right. Uh, everything is awesome has gone to a mid-roll. This is where we're going to give you some information about everything is awesome, that that's Entertainment Podcast Network, and whatever else I have going on in this crazy, crazy world. We'll try to keep things short here, though. Um, I'm very excited for this episode that you're listening to right now. Um, Jason is someone that I have admired for a very long time, um, and I've wanted on this show uh, pretty much since I started this thing back in 2016. So um, it was. This is a big uh, bucket list check on uh, guests that I've had on the show that I've I've always wanted on the show, um, and I'm glad to be back. Um, you know, uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I said it in, in, in Friday's episode, uh, reboot where, you know, this, this was, it's been a, it's been a challenging, you know, 18 months for me. Um, and, uh, I'm just, I'm glad to be back doing something that I love and to be doing it in a way that is carefree. Um, and, and while there hasn't been people, um, uh, knocking down on the everything is awesome doors, asking where we've been. Um, that's never been the point of the show. The point of the show has always been for me to sit down and talk to interesting people. Um, and, and hopefully that leads to an interesting conversation slash interview along the way. Um, and I believe this one here is one of those ones. I thought I had a guest that I knew was super interesting, but I thought I had a guest with me that was um limited to to time because they are a, like a legitimate writer um and a legitimate like i mean they got that blue check mark you know that ain't that that's i i, I don't know i feel like that still means something at least it does to me um and uh you know so i i really thought especially after like a half hour of fumbling um trying to get things to work I really thought I had limited time uh, with with Jason here, and he was super generous with his time. Uh, and as you'll hear near the end of this, we probably could have gone another two hours on Star Wars. Um, and I hope to have that conversation one day. I I I was very very happy with this conversation with this interview. Um, and and you know that because this is a long episode, and I don't. When when int- when conversations aren't interesting, they don't end up being two hours. I don't talk for a half hour beforehand. I don't talk for a half hour afterwards. Um, you know, so this was yes, it was a, a two hour conversation that was recorded, but but in reality, I think there was a total of uh, an additional hour that was not recorded that I I had with Jason and um, probably could have gone longer. Uh, and and it was wonderful. And so I thank Jason. Um, and I thank you for listening to this longer episode. Uh, I don't think we're going to have two, at least in our back catalog, we don't have too many longer episodes like this. I can't promise for what the future episodes, um, on Wednesdays are going to have. Um, but, uh, I, I, again, thank you so much for, for waiting this out. Um, thank you to Tellist and Priest Pulse for, uh, backing us on Patreon, um, Patreon.com slash that nerdy Kev uh, is a strange place right now because really I'm not looking for your money. Um, Not now, not during this pandemic. If you're someone like me that is able to 
survive on their own and you have money that you're willing to give to people um, during this time of need, find people that need it. Um, again, I'm not going to say no to your money, but uh, I implore you to find content creators and people that you admire online that give you joy. And those are the people that maybe they've lost their job, their source of income, and they need your support now. Your local businesses, your comic book stores, those are the places that need your money now. However you can support these places that we hope are still around after this pandemic is over, those are the places that I really want you to support now. That said, like I said, I'm not going to turn your money down, but I'm also not going to keep it for myself. Priest Pulse and Telist are two people that I also support through Patreon. So we kind of cancel each other out. So I get no money from that as it is. But any additional money that I get through these outlets, whether it's from advertising, whether it's from uh, uh, Patreon, whether it's from Ko-Fi, whether it's uh, from a donation, whatever, however it is, my itch.io store, if you guys buy my games, those any money that I raise during the COVID-19 crisis here uh, and for the foreseeable future, that money is going to go towards people that need it. So I'm going to reinvest that money after fees uh, into other content creators that may need the money, um, local businesses that I can buy gift cards from or food from or whatever. However, I can support these places. Um, I do writing outside of the That's Entertainment slash Crew Studios brand. Uh, any money that I make from that, um, once it hits a certain amount and I and I and I withdraw it, that will be going right back into the hands of the people that are being affected by COVID nineteen. Um, so. First and foremost, please support them. But if you don't know who to support, um, please know that if you support me through Patreon, through Ko-Fi, or by buying any of my games from itch.io, that I will reinvest that money uh, into people that need it. I will more than likely, the, I foresee that lasting through 2020, unless I take a hit uh, somehow but knock on wood, that's not going to happen. I'm pretty, I feel pretty secure. Uh, now I'm getting myself all kinds of worried, but know that um, for the foreseeable future, probably through the rest of this calendar year, bearing any unforeseen circumstances, any money that I make that's associated with my hobbies of podcasting and writing and, and game design will likely be reinvested, uh, save for fees, um, unless something happens that I can't foresee at this moment. Uh, and if you don't know where to invest your money in those things, please know that if you invest in me, I will make sure that it's invested in the right people and, and, and the right organizations to make sure the people get that money. Um, so that's all I wanted to say in this mid roll. Uh, Obviously, please contact me at that nerdy Kev if you want to advertise on this show um, and get your, your 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 product out there in the world. We'll do an advertisement right here on the mid roll uh, and know that your money is going to help support other people. Uh, and again, the best way to do that is to either email me at awesome at crewnumerstudios.com or hit me up on Twitter at that nerdy Kev. Let's get back to my conversation with Jason right here on awesomepodcast.com. Oh God! Did you see that uh, Sam Neil thing last night? No. Oh God! So he required a friend of mine sent this. Actually, Jeremy sent this, uh, and uh, it's Sam Neil playing Uptown Funk on like a ukulele, and then it does seem at the end like he starts to actually cry, like real cry, like ugly 
man tier thing. It's like, oh my god, oh, oh no, uh, it's it's <laughs> the the grip of all this has got him too, and it's like because he's been such a like a source of of joy, and it's like, oh my god, I hope he's okay, because it's just uh, it's it's hard though. Again, it's it's hard for people to handle. Again, where we veer into, into it's almost like there's something pulling uh, our attention to talk about it, and and you know that it's like super depressing. It's weird. Right. It, 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 it's, it is literally in the back of everyone's mind. Uh, and, and I mean, it's, it's shot. It's hard to not talk about it on a daily basis in real life, let alone on a dopey podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is, but it is, there, there are things out there that like, you know, for me, I, I've like dived into uh, role-playing games, like tabletop role-playing games to like kind of, get my creative juices flowing again because i thought i was like oh i'm gonna be working from home i'm gonna be able to be like super content creator and i've like done nothing uh so i started like reading a bunch of uh like rule books for that i played a game with some buddies over the internet uh i think my kids are kind of interested in playing so i'm like creating a world for us to play in you should try uh, jeremy then- just did and he's done a couple times uh dungeons and dragon with his kids and his wife uh, which I find to be awesome, uh, and he's, he's set that up. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've heard a lot of people again. A lot of people doing a lot more constructive things uh, than I am. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm mostly just working, and then when I'm not working, I'm playing uh, MLB the Show or NBA 2K uh, and or, and streaming stuff at the same time because I don't want uh, silence or my own thoughts to right. come. Yeah, I mean that's. I, I feel like the only thing I've been doing is like watching more stuff uh on on the multitude of streaming platforms that that i have you checking out crackle um, uh no i have uh, that's so crackle i don't i i've been uh my thing has been watching the justice league animated movies on dc universe uh, okay i gotta get back to doom patrol on there i'm still oh. like, like episode eight uh and to, to mention i only have like two friends so to mention chris uh, Chris told me uh, about that. Listen, I'm I'm in my 30s and I'm a man and I have right. two friends. That's like good, right? Like for everything I read, it's like you have like one, maybe that, the dog. I have two friends. Right. I have three friends. Actually, no, three friends. I have three, four. I have like four. I have four friends and my wife. No, no, it's, no, it's definitely four. It's definitely four. It's four friends, a cousin, a wife, and a dog. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, it is, it is, it's it, my, my fiance and I, like, we, we talk and we like look at our neighbors, like talking with one another. And she's like, why do you think we don't talk to our neighbors? They're like, we don't go outside. Like we actively like turn our heads down and walk inside when we see people. We're the problem. Like, that's why. Our neighbors hated uh, us in our old house. So we never had any kind of relationship. Uh, there was like a property line dispute at one point. Uh, so the, yeah, that's like this, that's like Hatfields and McCoy's country. So mm-hmm. there's like, there's no like anything like at one point, like their, their house had, there was like, I had like a minor house fire. My wife went over uh, and started. No, uh, she, no, she, <laughs> no, she went over, she went over when it, she went over when it happened and she's like, everybody okay. And everything like that. And there was like a chilly response and everything. Cause they probably thought she started it. Uh, but um, yeah. So it's uh, it, again, we were not uh, the best neighbors. And then here we don't really have any, because we were temporary here. This was supposed to be like right, right. a pit stop. I feel like fucking, I feel like Dante and Clerks. Like <laughs> constantly, like I'm not even, and I'm wearing military boots, but I'm not even supposed to be here. Uh, is just like becoming my like sword and shield. I'm just going to like repeat every, like I said, May 1st was the, the move out date. So that's just my attitude uh, from now right. until whenever this, you know, germ fog lifts. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, first, I, I, and not that I'm ending it right now, because I do want to touch on some comedy stuff uh, uh, before I let you go, but I, I do wish luck that uh, this lifts, uh, you know, in time for you to move. What what uh, made you guys pick uh, down south, Atlanta? Georgia, uh, you said, right? Georgia. Well, we just felt like the governor was such a cool guy, and, like, he was super chill. No, um, uh, it was really just... We, we took a trip down there and had a good time and just really fell in love with the food and just like the attitude and the kind of laid back thing. Jersey's a little severe for us. Uh, people are a little, even before this, people are a little kind of preloaded. Uh, so right. I kind of, I'm, uh, I try to be a, a, genu- a generally chill person. Uh, my wife does too. And also she just kind of wanted, it was tired of the winter. Uh, I actually wanted to move to Philly. Um, because I really enjoy, I really enjoy Philly. I really enjoy the scene, uh, like the food and, uh, and really just want to ride Chris's coattails with his live shows uh, because I have zero game in terms of like making connections and stuff. And Chris is like the Prince of Philadelphia. So it's like, okay, well my dude here is doing these show. Oh, I'm just going to just be his, I'm going to be his, I'm going to be his Huckleberry. Absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, Philadelphia's was still with the cold, still with the winter. Uh, yeah, that's, but we spent a lot of, we spent a lot of time in Philadelphia and uh and I have a, I have a great affection for it, honestly. Um, so, yeah, I, I straight up too. I was I've been born and raised in in Bucks County, uh, suburb of Philadelphia. Uh, but I love going down to the city. It's um, I, I'm assuming that it's not going to happen this year. But every summer, there's the Philadelphia Podcast Festival that I, mm-hmm. I help. I obviously do, I do my show there. I also volunteer uh, my weekend usually uh, to help run it. And, wasn't last um, year i think i saw on your on your thing last year was like a tattooed bombs right which is a place that i love that i, yeah, I want to oh, go, yeah. go play with a little toy and i want to get a drink and i want to have some fucking amazing chicken fingers right now that's what and i want the tater tot yes the, the tater tot. tot oh you're killing me tattooed mom uh is my uh favorite place down in the city um and I, when i i mean I'm probably there every time I go down to the city is, is when I, I go down to, to tattooed mom. Um, the, the other big place I like down there is um, it's, it's not in South Philly, uh, but uh, amalgams, uh, comics and coffee house. Mm. Um, great comic book store though. I also like uh, atomic city comics. That's kind of across the street from tattooed mom. Skeletor karaoke. No, 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 oh no. My God. It's amazing. That was at the, they used to have it at the, uh, fuck, what was the name of that theater? Something with a T that just closed. Oh, uh, Trocadero, the Trocadero. Uh, so, uh, Chris is super friends with the guy. Basically, the guy dresses up like Skeletor, does the whole voice, the whole thing. Uh, it's it's fucking amazing. It's like a gong show. Like so, like it's, mm-hmm. you are encouraged to really ham it up uh, and really just go for it. Uh, but it was it was awesome. Uh, I was actually there at the last show they did. Uh, I've done it. A couple, I've seen it a couple times. And uh, but yeah, they did it at the Trocadero, and it was on the main stage. And there's like a history like to the main stage there. With like I think yeah. Guns and Roses performed there and all this shit, and it's amazing to think of like the heights. And then I did a version of uh, I think it's Jeremiah Jackson's uh, "We Don't Have to Take Our Clothes Off uh, to Have a Good Time," and mm-hmm. that requires a falsetto that I am not prepared to deliver. <laughs> and so there's just cracks and shrieks, and I'm just swaying da 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 da, and it was awful, so awful. I befouled that stage. They didn't have to de- take it apart. I literally melted it with my awfulness. But uh, yeah, that's an also. He still does that show, and he actually did it on Instagram too. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's uh, again, uh, just kind of a little Philly flavor there. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a favorite place of mine. That I was more comfortable there than New York for some reason. Like I've spent more time in New York uh, for work and, and and for 
uh, just in my life. Uh, but I always, I don't know why, I just always feel kind of like a very small grain of rice in a very big bowl in New York, whereas Philadelphia, I feel it's more my size. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia to me, I mean, it's just, it, it's living in this area is, is great in the sense that like if anywhere that I would really want to go for sightseeing or anything, it's all within like two hours. If I hit some traffic in the Lincoln tunnel or, or the George Washington bridge, you know, maybe three, four hours if, if it's bad traffic, uh, I can go anywhere, the shore, New York, Washington, DC. If I'm breaking some laws, I can get there in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um it's it's and i've done it before i i, I used to i used to uh, travel for work and i've been almost i think to every state on the east coast uh and i've definitely i mean it was probably three o'clock in the morning uh, so no traffic doing very it's very fine. there are no laws speed. now man you can admit to anything yeah, it's right. totally everything's been suspended it's totally fine it was, i saw police like arresting somebody today for the first time in like forever i'm like oh i forgot the police were a thing like i haven't seen a police in officer in, like or a car in like four weeks um but uh yeah it, it's i love this area because it's just so close to anywhere i really want to go see, that's like um, the honesty that's like so i we do a lot of my, my wife and i do a lot of road trips uh and just go just go in the car let's drive two hours whatever and we spend a lot of time in baltimore and we've done dc a bunch and philly and boston and new york and long island long island constantly uh because they're long island unbelievably uh has amazing toy show toy shops like it's like a mecca for toy shops i don't know why that does not carry over new jersey or honestly philly or pa like there's some cool places but nothing to the level uh there's some the cool place in oakland um house of fun uh which is a cool toy shop and there's some others uh but um yeah if long island it's like freaking amazing but anyway um and we've, we've just, we've done that. And it's just, to me, I just, I'm ready for, that was the appeal of Atlanta also was the idea that it's somewhat centrally located. Orlando's not that far. New Orleans isn't that far. My wife has never been to Orlando. I've never been to New Orleans. I've never been to Tennessee. I've never been to Texas. And these are not necessarily like hop, skip and a jumps, but it just feels like, okay, we could do a big road trip uh, there. That's actually how we went to Atlanta. The first time was we did a road trip and we stayed in Atlanta uh, and we drove down through like the Carolinas and everything. And, you know, we did that. And then we went and did a road trip uh, a couple years ago to Chicago and went through like Indiana and Detroit. I stopped in Detroit specifically uh, to try a Coney dog uh, and, uh, mm-hmm. and compare the Coney dogs uh, between Lafayette and American uh, and Lafayette wins by far. I, okay. I, I have to say I have friends from Detroit. If I don't say that problems will happen. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's um, yeah. I, I just, you know, that's what I miss most though, man. I miss just like, want to go somewhere just that freedom like hey let's go let's fuck it let's right. go for let's go for let's go to the toy let's go toy hunt that's the thing we, we've yeah. done for years my wife and i like we love we, we don't have as many toys as we used to we've sold some some are still in, are in storage at her uh, father's house which i miss my stuff very much um <laughs> like all my batmans for the most part uh but we like collect toys and stuff throughout the years and we just go and like we just go two three hour four hour burn a day just drive into five six toy shops she used to keep like little lists with smiley faces which shops were good which shops were bad and just you know going and my god we would go out to connecticut and do it we would go out to all through philly and allentown and it's sad because it's like that's gone but also right like how many of those places are never coming back oh uh, that's yeah. that's what worries me a lot is that there are like comic book stores that i really dig that are around here that like I hope that they're they make it through this yeah. and and they, something that's like been a 
like new to at least this area is is like board game cafes yeah um and like that's my worry is like one literally opened up maybe six months ago around the corner from my house i'm like oh my god like i haven't even had time to stop in there to to like check it out and bring my kids there and will they be around hopefully this summer or, or whenever things it's that's i'm worried about all small local businesses yeah. that are that are the we're struggling to begin with because yeah. of oh yeah paper's dead and who plays board games i mean I, board games i guess are, are like on an uptick but yeah it's i really and that's why i try to support local when i can uh even even now because it's it's i think more important than ever uh to make sure that they're still around yeah no definitely um, it, it absolutely it is important uh so to segue from uh this is a roller coaster episode where we go <laughs> we go up away this is, away from it and then we just crash right back into covid this is my um, uh i have yeah. a reputation uh for uh i used to appear on uh fred's podcast they haven't had me on in a while i wonder why that is uh but uh <laughs> i uh i've uh, coco the show fucker is my nickname uh, usually cause I'm way more aggressive, uh, and way more off, like off the chain and just nuts. Uh, I'm, I, this is downshift mode me. You're getting, you're getting normal me and not wild make, you know, just do weird impressions. Like, you know, you've listened to the podcast, like a weird impressions and, you know, weird shit. Uh, for some reason I'm feeling, uh, not that guy right now. Uh, and I'm not, not deliberately trying to fuck over the show, but I do keep swinging it on back to the apocalypse. Oh, well, we, the last restaurant we ate in was um, the melt shop that just opened up. Uh, we, I, I wanted to try it because I thought I was like, oh, this is going to have the best grilled cheese in the world. And it did not. But we went there uh, after teacher conference. It was the, like the last day the school was open uh, for our kids. We went, we had teacher conferences. We went there and we're sitting there. My fiance and I are talking and I'm like, this is starting to feel like, like the the prequel to the walking dead this is what this feels like and and lo and behold it's like now i feel like we're in the middle of it almost yeah a little bit i mean it's uh you know it's it's definitely interesting uh you know the realities that have uh, kind of popped up from you know all, all sorts of apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic fiction and stuff that we've watched and you know disease films and all that stuff it's funny it's not funny it's fucking horrifying but uh, the Nerd Night thing that I did was uh, basically, uh, I think the title was was Bright Side, Bright Side in the Apocalypse. And uh, oh, yeah, and it was talking about like, because at the time it was like the North Korea stuff, uh, right. or, or not North Korea, excuse me. Uh, it was the Iran stuff uh, with him. Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, it was like, oh shit, what's going to happen? And so I was like, ah, oh, let's look at the bright side. So we're talking about like zombie stuff and all that stuff. And I did mm-hmm. like a PowerPoint comedy thing. And uh, one of the things was like, you know, pandemics and i one of the things i flashed was how you know trump had cut the uh the budget for the cdc this was back in like 2017 or whenever it was and uh people were talking like what's the thing you're most afraid of like oh the pandemic because you look at like the cuts to like stuff like that and you know it's definitely a worry and it's like okay (laughs) it's like great (laughs) so anybody who was at that fucking thing probably thinks i'm fucking nostradamus uh so that's that's concerning but uh but yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's weird to think about all the ways that we've kind of, uh, foreshadowed what this existence would be. And we haven't really learned from much of it. If you look at some of the decisions that people are making, uh, both right. at, at every level of the ladder, uh, it's, it's a weird, scary thing. 
to think of yeah, here it, on the Austin yeah. podcast. <laughs> well, let's 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 shift gears because uh, you are no man. Let's play uh, in the dark. Let's keep playing in the darkness. It's that's that's honestly that's where I that's that's my that's my level. That's my mode. That's your level. Yeah, yeah that's my level. Uh, I'm well, one of those I, I'm one of those brooding comedy nerds who just likes to talk uh, about the dark. Yeah, I'm a sad okay. I'm a sad clown, Kevin. You know what? I, and I want to say that because this is I, I I don't know why this shot it has nothing to do with sadness or or. Uh, dark clowns or anything. I think it was, you wrote an article, I believe, um, or, or you shared the article. I think you wrote it. That was about how late night needs to change and, and doing things like, and it's what like geared my live shows. And I don't, I'm hoping I'm giving you the proper credit here where, and I forget, I, I would have to go find the article. No, no, but, it's, I know, I know, I know what you're talking about. That was, yeah, that was me. Uh, that was from, okay. gosh, two years ago, maybe. I, I think so. Like yeah. two. And but please where, like, don't doing... tell me I'm influential. That's, that's bad for everyone. <laughs> Honestly, that's, I don't need that. That's not going to help things. That's just going to, that's going to lead to some bad behaviors. I'm going to get really spiritual on social media and try to inspire people. Honestly, the thing I do on Facebook is I will, you know, the memories thing uh, and, yeah. you know, things will pop up. And I went through a real phase at the early stages of social media when I was very much like a thing to consider. Like, here's a here's a thing that's on my mind. Like, you know, like the, like the quest, the quest to write a good article is like never ending. But like the, re- like the relief of writing something is like so quick whoa and like that was a memory that popped up yesterday and i wrote i set that out onto facebook and i said i really was going back and hit myself in the face with a fucking toaster because that guy i really so i find it very anyway i find it somewhat cathartic to dunk on my uh my my past uh my past tweets and facebooks because boy was i a lot i mean i still am but it was like a lot a lot like just again just really you know like you know Here's a moment for everyone to kind of ponder. No, shut up. But yeah, don't tell don't tell me that I inspired anything you did, please. Oh God, that's so I'm so frightened now. I, I, I won't say that, <laughs> but but I remember reading that and I shared it with my buddy who's my like so for my my live shows, I have a, a co-host. I have my my Andy Richter or my Ed McMahon, whatever you want to call him. And um I told him, I was like, we need to aspire to do something like this. Like, let's do our spin on late night. Cause that's the whole, the whole concept of my live show is like, let's do like a late night format. Let's bring in a guest and then let's have a comedian or musician kind of end the show with us. That's awesome though. And, uh, and I said like this, like, there's no reason that we, we can't aspire to like, Oh, let's just bring like a projector in or something and have like a big name. Like, why can't we have a big name guest Skype in while we're here? Like, let's get someone that's from the Philadelphia area that doesn't maybe live here anymore, but like they were born and raised here uh and and we've never we've never hit such heights but like that literally helped shift my attitude towards how this show operates in a live format so uh i won't thank you because uh you did not inspire that thank god God. no i i mean i get i remember i I remember the article very clearly um because i'm an egoist who rereads the stuff no because i i i just this these things i all, there's labor. Uh, they're all labor intensive uh, because I'm a, a furious rewriter. Uh, like okay. basically, like I write like a paragraph, then the next paragraph, then go back up, rewrite the first paragraph, then down and down and down and up and up and up, and it's just fucking torturous. Uh, so these things imprint on my brain. 
but I do rem- I do remember that one. And yeah, I, I think a lot of the things it's interesting seeing how late night has has changed in the last few years. Not to necessarily say that things were in the article, but it's just it's an evolving thing. And I think there's been more acceptance of the fact that it's an evolving thing. Uh, and I think that we're going to we're definitely going to see that continue uh, when we get out of this, because and I've talked to other people who have said similar things. Uh, it's interesting to see. It's interesting to see how um, people don't care. Uh, you know, there's you can go ahead and do whatever. Like Trevor Noah is killing it uh, from his living room. Sure, right, right. And it's like when uh, you know you and you look at some. You know, again, it's it predates that. And I've said this to a bunch of people. Um, and again, I've heard other people say it as well. Uh, this was a trend already. This is Amaro uh, is a lo-fi production. Uh, I get. I get tired sometimes of, and it's hard to say that because it feels so when you talk about late night talk shows, you talk about uh, a whole economy of people behind the scenes, you know, band and the, you know, set designers and a team of writers and all this stuff. And so it's like, on one hand, it's like, well, you go back to the roots of the thing and it's in somebody's basement. Uh, But on the other hand, it's how many people, aren't getting oh i mean i i'm sure that a lot of late night people are, are, are taking care of people but i mean like in general like if this right. thing pivots and people decide to keep with like you know low lift stuff how many people aren't going to be working how many craft people that's what i think honestly that's it's 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 really ruined tv for me being humanized yeah. by the fact that you know <laughs> these shows are completely run by i remember when i when i started writing uh there was a review about a show that was awful uh it was called work it and uh, I wrote in the article that, like, I had to, like, you know, drink bleach and that, like, I, you know, wanted to poke my eyes. It was all just all very showy. And blah, blah, blah. like I said, I really would like to go back in time and just hit myself in the face with a toaster. But <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's like, you know, this show should be canceled, blah, blah, blah. And it was an awful show. Don't get me wrong. It was fucking terrible. But it's like, I've now been on sets and I've, I've met people that are, like, in the background and you see how many people are working and towards a goal. And it gives you a different, a different respect for it. Right. So it's hard to like think of a thing and be like, this is better if they didn't have, if they weren't paying 80 people's dental insurance to like put on a sh- No, shut the fuck up. Let them have their big theater and their thousand, you know, their, their 500 employees or whatever. Cause you know, it, these jobs are hard to come by. So it's, again, it's a real, uh, it's a real twisting uh, thing. And again, I sound like an asshole, but whatever, but you know, honestly, but yeah, that's, that's, but yeah, it's, it's been interesting to see you late nights. Uh, evolve and see different shades of things as opposed to right. you know 73 guys named jimmy and a, with a big desk right uh right. so it's, it's you know th- things like that so i i get i i i prefer i mean i've always preferred the uh more uh smaller scale see small right. scale big idea kind of late night as opposed to like the you know the gargantuan theater and you know the 83 piece band and stuff like that. Like I was, I was born, uh, I was raised by Conan with like a little hole in the wall kind of, you know, right. that, uh, and you know, just him and Andy screwing around and, you know, all those great improv guys like John Glasser and stuff. Yeah. That's, uh, Conan is the, probably the guy I grew up on as well. Um, I, I mean, my dad was a Leno guy. Uh, so I, I, I also watched that, but I, was never a f- I always liked uh, pretty much everyone else <laughs> more more than Leno. I spent a lot of um, time watching Leno, and I don't know why. I didn't really. Li- I think it was just laziness because it was always the goal was always to get to Conan and to stay right, awake right. through Leno. And this is going back when I was 
10, 11, 12 years old. Like I was, mm. I was one of those kids. Uh, but I, I watched a lot of Leno and just did never, I mean, it's good to know. It's good to know the things you don't like. Uh, but I right. think about all that time that I watched Leno when I could have been watching Letterman. Uh, and I watched some Letterman too, but for some reason I just gravitated towards, towards Leno so much in like the mid nineties. And I just don't understand why it's such a non it's, it's, it's so it doesn't compute with, uh, my, my comedy tastes in any way, shape or form. But I, I, again, I really just have to attest to, I just didn't want to get up to change the channel. Yeah. And my dad was definitely, and actually it was the reason I probably started watching Conan was because my, my dad would fall asleep. Uh, if, you know what? No, uh, my dad would leave for work probably watch at, while Leno was on, and I would continue on to watch Conan um, after that. If I was, you know, if I said it, I, I, I like, I'm a late night fan. Uh, I, I'm not like the extensive. I'm, I'm not. A, I love comedy. I'm not a comedy nerd. Like I, I'm not. I'm one of those like guys that are like, oh, I love a lot of everything, but I'm not an expert at anything. Uh, so, so I, I'm not, like, I guess being a Kevin Smith fan is like the, the most expert thing I am, uh, because that's the thing I've been like following as for as long as I can remember. Like my uncle, my uncle showed me clerks when I was like 12 years old. Uh, it was like two years after, I think 96, 1996, two years after it came out, I was 12 years old and he showed me, uh, that black and white film. And I was like, this is dumb. And then he showed me a year later, I think he showed me Dogma. I was like, this is great. Show me all. <laughs> show me, show me your world. Yeah. Kevin Smith is, is uh, someone I, I'm hugely uh, a fan of as well. Uh, and his, uh, his comedy. So if you want to geek so, about so, Kevin Smith for a few minutes, let us, let us, yeah. let us do that. It's, well, I, I do want to ask you. So um, obviously it sounds like Conan is your, is your favorite late night guy of, of all time. Yeah. Conan, uh, I mean, again, you know, again, I, I appreciate uh, older, the older stuff with Letterman and have gone through many, a, a YouTube wormhole. Honestly, Jeremy, uh, again, another shout out uh, really uh, introduced me to that more than I had been like introduced to it before. Like I knew of it and I'd watched some of it, but we have, tra- we have traded clips for years with that stuff. And uh, so I have a, a great appreciation for that and just the history of that and the influence that that had on, on Conan. But yeah, Conan, again, it's, it's to see something happen uh, is, is the ultimate, uh, you know, it, that's the ultimate thing. It just, it, it activates right. something in you to, to go back and find it is great. And I encourage people to do that. Uh, but to have seen it and to have been watching it at a, at a really impressionable age and just, Oh, right. okay. Yeah. Wow. That's so fucking weird and dark. Uh, and stuff it's just amazing to, to to experience that and unfortunately there isn't i mean there, there isn't a lot of stuff on now that, that really kind of takes those same chances i mean going back and looking at you know it's just there's just it's just a different kind of comedy and now you have tim and eric who, who do who take their own chances and it's, it's weird and, and interesting stuff but i grew again i grew up with with the conan stuff and with the state and kids in the hall and stuff and it really was to me and again everybody says that about the era that they were raised in uh except for people who grew up in the mid 2000s no but uh it's it's you know it was it was really a golden age to me uh but yeah the conan stuff and the weirdness of that it was it was basically i mean i was a nerd for this stuff when i was a kid this was like i i was this was my comic books like i was i've as i've said to friends before i used to keep a notebook with like the tv schedule when i was like 11 years old oh, wow. i was reading like entertainment weekly and tv guide and like interview magazine and shit and watching like i had no fucking idea that there was you know this was a job anybody could do. Uh, but it's always been a thing that's interested me. Uh, and the being able to write about late night and talk to people that have been involved in it is like wild. And it's like, it's nuts. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's such a it's such a hugely important thing to me, just because it's it's not even just the it's just the idea of that kind of that kind. Again, this is why the Leno thing doesn't make any sense because Leno is such an establishment. <laughs> Leno is such an establishment comic, and again, it's not. I people like him and whatever. Uh, it's just he's the man, and it's like Conan was the absolute opposite of that, uh, and it's like. Right. And it's like Letterman was the absolute opposite of that. And it's like those were like the kids throwing shit at the chalkboard when the teacher wasn't looking. That's the that's the thing I choose to identify with. Uh, it's it's always been the thing that mm-hmm. interested me most. It's that kind of kind of smart ass thing that I've struggled my whole life. Uh, um, but yeah, it's it it really embodies that more than any kind of thing. It's just that kind of attitude of just, you know, smart asses getting away with stuff and not getting in trouble. So yeah, it's my favorite thing. Honestly, it's my favorite thing in the world to watch and to talk about and to write about, honestly. And I'm- yeah, and, and it, it's for, I, I love Late Night in, in the sense that like, I don't know why. It's kind of like baseball. Like I, I should be watching it more and I, it's just like, oh, I've been sitting around like I've, something I, I made myself do starting last year was read more. So now I find myself reading at night or like dicking around on the internet or on social media. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I'm going to fall asleep. And the next morning I wake up, I was like, can't damn, I missed like Conan or I missed it's all there though. Uh, man. That's the great thing. Honestly, like when I was a kid, if you missed Conan that night, Oh, well, and it was just, right, like, right. You, know, you were never going to see that shit again. Like, you know, again, which was why you had to watch it. Uh, right, and because again with Conan, it was like, oh shit, they're doing a claymation show tonight, or <laughs> fucking like, yeah. what are they, what are they doing with Abe Vigoda? Like it was every night, it was like this weird, like what the fuck is gonna happen, and it was nuts. Uh, and now you don't have that, but you have, I can watch this stuff anytime I want, and I'm not gonna miss it. So it's just always there for you, which is, I find a great comfort that I know that when we finish this show before I go to bed at some point, you know, late in the morning. Uh, I'm going to, which is another thing. Thanks, late night. Thanks. I literally never fall asleep before two o'clock in the morning before like, you know, later. So I can watch Craig, you know, uh, Craig, Greg Kinnear back in the day or whatever on uh, later until in the morning. So thanks. Thanks for that, man. Because now I fucking stay awake until two, three o'clock in the morning every night because of how I trained my brain when I was 11 years old. But um, it's always, I know that there's a Bob Odenkirk Conan interview that I'm like going to fucking devour. Uh, that has been like open in my browser since I saw it this afternoon. I've been waiting like for to find twelve minutes to watch that because I can't wait. Because Bob Odenkirk is like the fucking king of sketch comedy, <laughs> on top of being an amazing actor. But I can't wait to see that. But anyway, um, it's always there for you though. It's the there's it, yeah. It's like it goes. You can watch the new stuff. You can go back and watch. I mean, there's a ton of Conan stuff, especially with what they've done on the Coco site. Uh, but there's Conan stuff. There's Letterman stuff. Craig Ferguson is another like. I, he was, I was a big fan of his when he was on after loved Letterman. Him. I, I loved him. He, I, I would, uh, like at some point I was like, I think he's my favorite. Like, you know, in the moment he was like, I, it just, it was, it was so different than, yeah. than anything else I was really watching at the time. But again, small set, intimate setting host who just kind of, you know, did his own thing. And, and just that, again, it was, that's like perfect perfect for me uh and i just right but right now man i would not mind hearing him and believing him say it's a great day for america you know i would love to hear uh that right now uh and believe it uh but um but yeah i miss i miss the hell out of that show but he ended it fantastically and he ended it on his terms and you can't you can't fault that man you can't you can't fault somebody just saying fucking i'm off i'm done i want to move i want to do something else which nobody on late night does 
because it's honestly probably because it's so much fucking fun. Uh, right, right. It probably pays pretty well. But um, yeah, uh, Craig Ferguson. Yeah, I don't. I you honestly could not get me to order Conan versus Ferguson versus like Colbert show Colbert or even Colbert to an extent. Like it's yeah, it's there. There's I love them all. Yeah, it, it's. I, I am going to. I, I actually pulled up Conan's uh, website, and I, like now I'm probably going to pull up something with Craig Ferguson on YouTube. I I think I'm going to have some late night watches before I go to bed uh, here, just talking about it. But um, before, so before we let you go, let's let's do a deep dive. Not a deep dive. Let's do a little dive on Kevin Smith. Oh yes. Uh, so are you are you a fan of his like just his classic stuff? All of it. Do you like oh, his? I mean, stuff? I like. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm a fat Jersey dude, so there's no way that like I, when I go to conventions, I've been I've literally had people t- think that I was doing Silent Bob like cosplay. Uh, so there, there's that there's that connection. Uh, one of the first things I ever uh, wrote that was like a deeper thing, like he was it was about him uh, and like I don't even remember fuck, I don't even remember what the hell it was about to a full extent, but he shared it and that was like the first time that like anybody that I had written something about really like shared it and it was like oh shit people read this. Uh, so there's that connection. Um, he's just cool. I just, again, I just love his work. I love his, he's industrious as fuck. I mean, you can't sleep Mm on ever. I love the people who say Kevin Smith is lazy. Okay. He's launched a fucking pie. He's a fucking pioneer with podcasting. He launched a podcast network. He's, you know, a filmmaker who pleases a ton of people. He's got a live touring show. Yeah. Lazy. Sure. Sure. It's like it's not it, again. He the guy was because he gave up. I think on chasing. I think to an extent he gave up on chasing himself, which is a thing that you know all of us. And listen, I and even on the on the podcast that I do with with, with my guys, we talked about like the idea of ambition and continue to try and build and build and build. And there's a joke there when I say when I say to Mike, I said, "Is that I say something to the effect of like you know, is that how it always is? Is am I ever going to stop? Because it's like." On one hand, it's like, yeah, I want to keep doing big shit and cool shit and keep going, 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 going. But on the other hand, it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Every year, I look. I every year I look back at, at this, the year before and I look back at the stuff I did. And it's like shit because, like, I remember when I was a little little runt, uh, writing like a list of like people I wanted to interview and stuff I wanted to do. And I've done a lot of that stuff. And again, I sound, another, I sound like an asshole again. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I've every, I've, I continue to keep doing cool shit. It's really fun. It's awesome. And I love it. And I feel super grateful that I get to do it. But to an extent, it's also like, fuck, when's it going to be done? Like, when is it going to be? Not when, is it, not when am I not going to be working? But like, when am I going to feel like, okay, I've, I've, I'm doing consistently cool shit. And I don't have to keep like chasing myself. Uh, and Kevin right. got off that train, which is like, people fault him for that. But I think that's fair to say, with as far as like film and stuff, like he decided, you know what, I'm not going to keep trying to impress people. I'm going to make shit that makes me happy and makes these millions of people or thousands of people, whatever, that, that listen to my shit and buy my shit. And I'm just going to make shit for them. Like, I don't need to. I think he realized before a lot of people, the, the niche culture, uh, and that you don't have to keep trying to be some vision of what people think you should be or craft a career that they think you should have. You create that you he's lucky and that he's in a place where he can, you know, be successful, feed his family and, you know, probably muse and, uh, and, <laughs> and, you know, it makes shit that he enjoys without, you know, having to fucking, you know, search his scrape the, you know, the confines of his soul to find like, you know, the thing that pleases me the critics some jackets right. or whatever 
So that's cool. I get whatever. And I know he, t- listen, he takes a lot of shit because he went on, he went against critics and I really never understood right. that fight per se, the whole screener thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was an odd hill to die on, but right, right. and honestly, in the end, I don't think it was worth it. Cause honestly, I think most people would just kind of shrug and just let the dude do his thing. If not for that. But I think a lot of people still have a little bit of rancor towards it, which I don't get. Uh, and I've, right. I've written about him a bunch and I love, again, I still enjoy his stuff. I've interviewed him a couple times. He's cool. Uh, it's, it's, you know, he's, he's just out there in the world creating his shit for himself and the people he likes. What is the harm in that? Really? I think a lot of, you know, a lot of people have a problem with, uh, celebrities not acting how they want them to act because I think they put themselves in their shoes and be like, Oh man, if I could make movies, I would never say no. I would make every movie. It'd be the coolest thing. And it's like, would you though, if you had your regular job and you made enough money that you could like stop like, you know, stressing all the time and just kind of hang back and go at your own pace. Wouldn't you? I would. Right. Yeah. You know, the it's like, and, it's like the people who win the lotto and then say they need to get a part-time job because they're going to lose their mind going stir crazy. It's like, well, right now these times are proving, uh, you know, we can endure those kinds of things. But anyway, yeah. back to Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, I like, I love, I do love the ambition though of red state and Tusk because he tried to do something different. And I don't think he did it for other people. I think he did it for himself. Uh, and because he likes that genre of film and he wanted to fuck around in that genre of film. And I think he did a pretty cool job with it. I think Tusk is a fucked up movie. Uh, oh, it's up. so fucked up. Uh, and I think <laughs> red state I'll forever wish that the ending was more bleak. Uh, and it stuck with where I thought they were going to end it. But again, mm-hmm. nobody gave me the money to make the film as a friend, as a friend of mine right. once said, uh, nobody asked you to make uh, star Wars. Not to me. So he was talking about somebody else, but anyway, right. nobody asked nobody asked them to make Star Wars. It's like it's a good point. Uh, but uh, yeah, man, I, I love uh, Clerks and, and Dogma and and uh, Chasing Amy is is still a fantastic watch uh, and and is is an interesting film and and Mallrats. I, Mallrats I didn't love at first, but I think I was just I was young and I think I was just going along with the <clears throat> the marching that you know people were like, oh, this isn't as good. And it's like, oh yeah, no, it's good. Now I've watched it. I I I, I find an appreciation for it, but. Uh, no, again, I can't say enough about this. And honestly, Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back uh, was fun uh, and surprisingly heartfelt at points. Uh, like the Affleck. Do, do you mean reboot? Do you mean reboot? What did I say? Yeah, the reboot. Yeah, yeah, the reboot was was really good. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I hey, uh, uh, I, I do. Wanna, I want to go back to Red State and Tusk. Tusk. I, I, I finally. It took me a few watches to like get on board with like, is this a good movie or is it just fucked up? And I, I, for, for me, it's not always it fucked up. It's also, I also enjoy it. Like at first I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. Red state was, I, I it took me two watches. Red state is, I think outside of chasing Amy, probably my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Red state is most um, the movie least uh, in his style. In my opinion, like right, Tusk, yes, Tusk yes. still feels like Kevin Smith, Red State does not, which to me also is impressive when someone can do that, when they can step at, especially when they've established themselves in such a way. And he, he is someone who does, you know, kind of go down the road with, you know, he does, he, it, he has a way about him. His films have a way, right. not he has a way about it. His films have a way uh, of representing him. He has a specific style. And for some people, that's a good thing. And some people, that's a bad thing. But it's interesting to me when somebody can change that up and challenge themselves. But again, if, if they don't want to challenge themselves, that's fine too. Um, uh, like again, cop out is not my favorite Kevin Smith movie. Uh, I don't know what was going on there. That's not really one that I'm, I'm a fan of. And that one doesn't feel like a Kevin Smith movie either per se, because of the styling and everything. Mm. Um, right. but you know, again, Red State, yeah, Red State is impressive to me because of that. Yeah. And, and cop out is, I mean, 
it's not great, but I, I also think that was had a lot to do with like maybe the studio and also the actor. Uh, no, no, no. I mean, again, uh, again, going back to the like the the side of like putting yourself in his shoes. Hey, dude, you want to make a movie with Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan, and here's a bunch of money? Okay, like again, they took a shot. Right. It, it didn't work. That's fine. Again, right. Bruce Willis. You know, Bruce. Hey, listen, people shit on Bruce Willis all the fucking time, but. You know what? That guy, look at that guy's career. Like, for, I, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm probably the longest episode you've ever had. I'm sorry. You probably have to cut the living shit out of the uh, But, uh, no, no, no. Episodes. Don't worry. Bruce, uh, Bruce Willis, uh, motherfucker made Hudson Hawk, which was like a screwball comedy, like screwball action comedy, right in the midst of like Die Hard fame and all these other broody action films and shit that he was making. Like, he made like, what was it? Uh, fuck, what was that Kurt Vonnegut thing that he made? It was a special K. It was like a Kurt Vonnegut movie that he, like a story that he turned into a movie. He, Breakfast of Champions. Uh, he has taken some risks in his career. Sixth Sense was not, that's not a Bruce Willis movie. That's, that's a, that's, right, right. you know, he's, yeah, sure. Let's go ahead and, and make this, you know, weird horror film that, you know, nobody realizes it's a horror film really until like, you know, but uh, Bruce Willis, again, he, he takes some shots. So I give, I give him credit for that because he hasn't always been, you know, I mean, I, I know lately he's done more, uh, you know, what you would expect of, of an aging actor, you know, actor and star. Uh, but uh, there was a time when Bruce Willis took a shot uh, and Hudson Hawk is a movie that I fucking adore. I, uh, that, that is one that, so we uh, did a live show at the Philadelphia, uh, the greater Philadelphia comic-con um, last year, I believe uh, called movie fixers where the, it was me, uh, my buddy and a guest would come on with a movie that like wh- whether we liked it or we didn't like it, we, we found we found a movie that like let's fix it to make it better, a better version. And our guest panelists picked um, picked H- Hudson Hawk, and I was like, all right, let me let me watch this movie. And I, I want to go back and watch it because I did it a disservice by watching it like at eleven o'clock at night with like a three to three to six beers in me. That's the best uh, so way. I was very tired. I was very tired and fell asleep. So I need to I need to like give it I think I need to drink three to six cups of coffee so I have the energy to stay up and watch it because I know I used to be the late night cat where I could stay up to three in the morning with no problem. And now like I think the kids have finally beat me into being a morning person. because uh, oftentimes I'll I'll it's a, it, it hurts sometimes to keep myself up to like midnight. Uh, usually about 11, 11.30, I'm tapping out. See, I'm so offended that you don't like Hudson Hawk. Uh, I, <laughs> I, 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 I don't like it. I said I fell asleep. But it's on, I I give even it. worse. But you know what? It's like, okay, so that movie, What? who is that movie for? Like, I think about, I try to think about intent with stuff like this. Like, especially movies that, like, everybody says are terrible. What was the intent behind it? So they wanted to make a movie that had a feeling, kind of spoke to, like, the Bob Hope, Bing Crosby Road movies to a certain extent. And like, you know, Sinatra's style to a certain, certain slight degree, probably more in the Bob Hope, Bing Crosby range, if I didn't want to sound not like a moron. But it, like, mm. it's, it, there is a, le- there is a, a history to that kind of screwball, wink at the camera, you know, guy getting away with everything kind of thing. They're, they're, again, it's fun. And then you loop in the whole Bruce Willis action God thing. Uh, and, you know, they're going to Rome and stuff, and there's like, oh, God, it's so, it's so quirky and charming for that to have been a thing that happened in whatever it was, 1989 or 1988, for however much money that must have cost, because 
again, Bruce Willis at the height of his powers and stuff and being able to get that movie done. God damn. I love passion projects because they go to such weird places sometimes. And that's yeah. probably one of them. And Oh man, it's such a, it, again, it's so charming for what they try to do. They didn't take themselves too serious. Again, things that don't take themselves too seriously. Think about all the action heroes from that era. Bruce Willis was really the first one to like fuck around with it. Like, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger's the last action hero and Stallone. Well, Stallone actually too with like Oscar, uh, and then mm-hmm. don't, you know, uh, and, uh, stop or my mom will shoot to an extent. And, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if he was in on the tango and cash jokes, but Jesus, I hope he was, uh, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But, you know, again, it's just, uh, boy, I just sound so romanticized by Hudson Hawk right now. I love it. It's a, it's a great, again, it's a great shitty movie. I loved it since I, I loved it since I was a kid. Um, that and like Tango and Cash are like two of my like all time favorite like sh- probably not the best movies but again they're just they have so much charm to them right uh, because of their simplicity well and and I I love I should love those type like Hudson Hawk should be a movie I, I love like I love movies that are kind of in that like space of you know, Tango and Cash I probably haven't watched I mean I probably watched that with my dad. So I don't know that I've watched this. Man, I need to go down to like a big, I've been watching the wrong things in this quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching like, I'm watching the things that are too new. I need to go back to like my, like things I've, I haven't watched in like 20 years. Well, Tango Cash um, was, Tango Cash was a rewatch for me because I saw Hobbs and Shaw and I was like, this, this, this should be, these should be in the same universe. This is very close. And I wrote a thing about this and literally wrote a thing about that being basically the Tango and Cash sequel that never happened. Um, because I believe that firmly. But uh, Hudson Hawk is like a thrice a year for fun thing. I mean, the Danny ILO sliding in the museum gif is like is like my most used gif, and it's the thing I treasure most in this world. I somebody taught me how to like make your own gifts, and that was the worst thing. Ever wow. happened. It was the worst <laughs> thing that's ever happened to my friends because I send them. I have like a collection of like five hundred of them, the most obscure <laughs> weird shit. Like the little the little kid with the weird like look in his eye in uh, Back to the Future Three at the end. Why? Why does anyone oh. need that gift? Why does anyone need that gift? But I have it. I have it saved twice, and I don't know why I have two of them. And every time I go for it, which is a lot, by the way, uh, like more than a normal person would, even if it was like a cool gift from Back to the Future, I go that that uh, John Claude Van Damme in the uh, in the Time Cop music video, which is a thing. Oh my god! When he's hitting buttons and just having the time of his fucking life, just hitting buttons. No joy has ever been on someone's face more. Uh, the light is in him uh, as he's hitting those buttons. <laughs> Love it. But again, I don't know how oh, to have these things. This is my legacy, though, when I die. Like, honestly, that's I just want that on, like, a like a loop. like Because I, I, I hope it's long enough uh, into the future where, like, hologram, te- uh, like, tombstones are a thing. I just oh. want the entirety of my 90s and 80s movie gift collection just playing forever and ever. And Conan's pulling the lever for Chuck Norris. And then it's Danny oh, Aiello sliding into a museum. All these little bits of uh, of stuff. But Danny Aiello sliding into the museum during Singing on a Star is, for some reason, like one of my favorites. Uh, so I, I'm adding that to my quarantine watch. <laughs> and not in the middle of the night. I'm going to watch it when uh, I'm wide awake or when I wake up. To, like God, I've been waking up at like 4 o'clock in the morning and like suddenly I, I'm up for an hour, can't, falling asleep, can't fall back asleep. Yep. So that will be an early morning watch. Um, but yeah, going back to the reboot, Jane Silent Bob reboot. Is, I, my, I have, you know, like any movie I watch, I have my my uh, my criticisms of it. But the it is all 
anything I have an issue with with that movie, which is very little, very little, is worth it for that Ben Affleck, Jason Mewes scene um, where it is uh, probably one of the most heartwarming things I, I've, I've seen. Plus your father. Uh, especially so. like from a... Plus your father. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's another sure. layer. Like, I just thought it was like, wow. But for a father, like, I know I have friends who have kids, and it's like, yeah, that hits them at a whole nother level. Yeah, definitely. It's, and it's amazing. It's uh, something that I don't know that I, I definitely, I mean, it was probably uh, admitted to on episode one of Everything is Awesome. But uh, something that uh, I haven't mentioned in a long time is ha- becoming a father changed me a, like 180 in, in, in emotions. Uh, when my fiance was pregnant with our son, my, my first child, uh, we went to go see the Muppet movie, uh, with, uh, um, Jason the Siegel. new one, uh, Jason Siegel. Yeah, Jason Siegel. Uh, we went to go see that in the theater. And at the end, there's, uh, a, a monologue Kermit has, uh, about like friendship or something. And I break down and cry in the movie theater watching that. And my fiance turned to look at me and she's like, are you crying during the Muppet movie? <laughs> and I was like, did you hear his speech? And, and like, it's, I, that's not I the know. worst movie to cry at though. It's not like she said, are you crying during Terminator three judgment day? <laughs> the robots, they, they were friends. No, I don't even, yeah. uh, I, I want to say like before that, before becoming a father, like I would cry. I, honestly, chasing Amy was probably one of the, one of the few movies that would like, hit me uh, emotionally and now it's like I mean, it's, not about, I it's not about what's going on in the screen necessarily it's about right. you know you and what you've what you're going through oh my god the, the biggest tears i ever i remember uh kevin spacey haley joel osmond we call pay it forward and walking, oh, yeah. and walking out of the theater at the end with the candle scene which is such emotional terrorism and it's like me and my, <laughs> and my father both started crying and my father was not is not a crier uh, and like seeing that and going like, oh my God, like we're both like breaking down. We can tell no one about this until I'm on a podcast 20 years later. But uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, that, that, you know, again, it's like, why? But like even stuff like, oh God, the, the bear in AI, uh, Teddy at the end. Oh yeah. Ed, oh fuck. Just a, just a, just like a wash harpoon to the heart. My God. But uh, yeah, man, I'll tell you what though. Uh, and honestly, I'm, this is the first time I've had this thought. And I can almost assure you, this is the first time anybody's had this thought on earth uh thinking back about that kevin smith scene in in jay and silent bob makes me wish kevin smith would make a sequel to jersey girl because i want to see the guy who wrote that scene and the guy who played that scene at the kid's wedding or whatever because like that would be such a like uh, and again it's that's again more emotional terrorism but for like and i'm not i'm not a father but uh, for for dad fans of Kevin Smith, oh my god, a bunch of weepy forty somethings in the aisle. Yeah. That would be just they, the the tissues would run out if Kevin Smith did that. But again, it's he he, he spoke to something that obviously is in his heart. Uh, and right. you know, and you know, you're never going to get bad work when you have something like that. You're going to get you know, you're going to get something that's going to feel real. Uh, so yeah, I I wonder what that would look like now, even though they can never make that movie without George Carlin. Yeah, yeah, which is I don't, a shame. I don't hate that I, movie. I don't. I get. I. 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 I've watched it. I don't love it, but it's. It. It is a little. It's a tad. Uh. You know. It. It definitely takes a jackhammer to the heart, uh, and aims to do that. But it's definitely over sentimental in, in spaces. But it's also there's some charm. The whole him and Liv Tyler thing is charming. Yeah. I, I definitely now. Now that we're like talking about Jersey Girl, and I liked the movie when I saw it. You know, obviously, same. Same. I. I have the same feelings as you do about it. It's not my favorite, but it's also like I don't 
get the hate that it had. I did not like it when I saw it. I remember not liking it when I saw it, like, really. It was fine, but it wasn't, like, it was not, I certain movies you go in with an expectation. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. at that time. Like, I remember, I don't know if I guess, Ace uh, Ventura 2, and being like, what the <laughs> 12 years old like this is shit because it's very informed critic when i was 12 years old uh but it wasn't you know you know it wasn't the the magic of the first one i guess or the the, the you know intellectual height of the first one for some reason but uh you know you go in with like especially when you know someone's on a run uh and you go watch those films and it's like this is not what i thought i was getting that's a, a lot of jim carrey movies that uh everyone loves when they first came out i did not like it's, you know, I, the cable guy. I was not a fan of it for years. I didn't get it. Same. I didn't get it. I did not get it. Now I understand it, and I get that it's it's dar- it's darker brilliance. I did not get yeah. it at the time. At the time, I was like, mask number two. Let's go. All righty then. And then it was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. what the fuck is he sick of Jefferson Starship? What the hell? Yeah, I did not, or whatever. I yeah, I did not uh, did not understand it. Uh, but I was thirteen. Yeah, and it, an idiot, and I'm still an idiot. But I'm not yeah. But I, I don't think I've seen Jersey Girl as a father. So I would I think I would, like a good experiment would be to go rewatch that movie now as a father. Because I, again, I enjoyed it when I saw it before. You're gonna cry until you're dehydrated. Father, you're gonna cry until you're dehydrated. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, I, okay. On that note, on on this note, uh, I think I think uh, we can end the show. Uh, we've talked about. Let's see. The ch- I, I got my. To talk about on every episode of Everything Is Awesome, Kevin Smith and Batman is checked off, um, and I have uh, some good recommendations from you to uh, catch up on with some old late night stuff. Uh, and and I will uh, I'm gonna I think last time I checked Hudson Hawk was on I think it was on Crackle TV. Oh gosh, I don't know. I think- I, when I mentioned Crackle before in the conversation, that was absolutely a joke. Uh, I uh, I believe that uh, oh no sorry I thought I lost you. Um, yeah, no, uh, I think it's on prime was the last place I watched it, but I have it on DVD and I have the, uh, the paperback, uh, novelization as well, which is one of my treasured shit. All right. So it's Gonzo, the Jordans and and maybe the Hudson Hawk novelization. If I'm being honest, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's a three-way tie now. Shit. Like I said, man, you're turning me into Steve Martin. I'm just like, and then the jerk. I'm just, I can't live without any of this stuff. It's, 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 you know, again, take, as you said, taking like things that have a pulse out of the equation. Cause obviously they're first. Uh, and I got a lot of those. I know, I, man. Hudson Hall beats for me. <laughs> but I'm looking at my desk. Cause I think about, like, I have all my Kevin Smith and action figures in a box in the attic. I mean, I guess I would have to go up there and get them. Cause I do love them a lot, but I, I'm staring at my, my droid that I built at Galaxy's Edge and and my little mini shoulder group. And I think they're the two things that I would grab real quick on my way out. Uh, uh, if, if, if I have the arm room for it, um, you know, with the doll, with the St. Bernard, the Sheltie, the two kids. <laughs> I think the idea is they get out first and then these are the things you might risk going back for if it only meant like a little bit of smoke inhalation or like a slight burn oh. ouchie. Not like beams are falling because then oh and considering considering that there's like windows within like 12 feet of me i could easily hop in and out and get my treasured droid uh and my my lightsaber and my group yeah what what lightsaber do you have i have uh it's the uh elemental uh with uh with the purple blade and then i also bought a yellow crystal 
Nice. I have uh, one of the old master replica uh, ones look like this Luke Skywalker one, but unfortunately the battery like rotted, so it doesn't light up. I gotta like replace it at some point. I had, I believe, I actually may have had the. I think I had that one, and I um for at that time I had it. I was like, I only had it because oh, uh, you know, Star Wars lightsabers are cool, but I I I didn't realize how much I love Star Wars until. The trailer for Force Awakens. When that trailer first dropped, I I got goosebumps, and I, I realized I, I love Star Wars, uh, and and it's ever been, like my uncle, and I've told this story, so you know my listeners, I apologize, but you're gonna hear it again. My my uncle uh, passed away in 2016 um, to to cancer, uh, but he was the guy who introduced. He was only 16 years older than me, so he was more like an older brother to me. And he introduced me, the, the, the memory I have of Star Wars, uh, the first time I watched it uh, at, at probably like, I don't know, eight or 10 years old, um, if not younger, was uh, watching it. And when the uh, Tusken Raider pops up and, and knocks Luke down, I, I get scared shitless in that scene when I was a kid. And that's the memory I have of, of how I got introduced to Star Wars. Now, any, like I have every ticket stub since... Um, uh, Last Jedi on. Uh, I had. I've always bought two tickets. Uh, you know, because my uncle ha- wasn't able to go with me, uh, and I, I just keep the stubs in my car. Uh, so that's all awesome. I'm in the show. Okay, so you got to keep. So that's a, okay. That's a your car though, so you don't have to go back and get those. No, no, the ticket stubs. I mean, and really, they're just because uh, how how that type of paper works. Um, it's just a black rectangle now uh, <laughs> it's been in my car, but it's, it's there with a picture of him, but yeah, that's my car. So as long as my car doesn't catch yeah, fire, you're good. Then. You're good. I got to say, I, my star Wars thing is I like, I've always liked it to an extent, but it was never, I was never my thing. I was more of a truck kid when I was a kid, but um, this is going to make me a villain to some people, but uh, last Jedi, <laughs> last Jedi uh, seeing what someone could do with it. Uh, to me, it was really uh, like, Whoa, and then I've seen it to a certain extent in other things. Uh, I think what they're doing at Mandalorian is really cool. Uh, but seeing what they could do with Last Jedi uh, and what Rian Johnson did uh, there, uh, I, I have legit rage over <laughs> the way they walked back a lot of those things because they were bold as hell. Oh, yeah. And uh, and also, it's just the prettiest Star Wars movie by far. All due respect mm-hmm. to CGI Senates and Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> But Last Jedi with the red sand and the fucking fight uh, with after after how it happens with Snoke and everything in in the you know the hall with the red you know knights and everything. Uh, oh my god, it's so it's such a pretty fucking oh my god the shot when the ship gets like cut in half. It's so like it's so ambitious and so awesome. And it's again it's one of those things again it all ties back to like late night and shit. I can't believe they let him make that movie with that franchise, especially considering what force awakens was, which was kind of a shot for shot remake of new hope and what, you know, what the end one was, which was, you know, kind of just kind of a lame attempt to keep things nice and safe and not piss off too many people. And Johnson didn't give a shit about pissing people off. I fucking love that. So yeah, the spirit of that movie, I mean, yeah, it's got flaws too, like anything else, but, uh, that was that was the first that was the first time I, I learned that I loved uh, Star Wars, and then seeing the next one was the first time that I knew that I hated J.J. Abrams. 
<laughs> it's, it, it's, I make the same comparisons with Force Awakens. Like it is, I, I, I've said numerous times, you could literally hold that New Hope together and it's, it's shot for shot, as you said. It, you know, Luke is like the, the Yoda of, of that franchise, in, in, you know, in the, in the sequel franchise. Han Solo is the Obi-Wan. Uh, yeah, but look at the actual is, character in Last Jedi is the thing. Like he makes true. choices. He owns. He he's someone who lives with regret. How is that not? Imp- I mean, we could do a whole another two hours on, <laughs> on. I will stop talking right now. But yeah, I Last Jedi is is to me like the moment I realized like how much I love Star. And again, I'd seen the other films and played with the Ewok Village when I was a kid and all that stuff. But that was the one. It was like you know when you see the potential uh, of something uh, again to be somewhat daring and unexpected. Uh, and to really go to new places and also reach to new, again, I, I feel like they never, you know, I get, I get really uh, into the idea of, uh, especially as I've gotten, uh, as I really get into the idea of, uh, of films that uh, allow a lot of people to feel the hero's journey and really just like in right. that kid at the end with yeah. in broomstick is just like, that's the most star Wars thing. Considering the franchise, considering it's reach culturally, with toys and with everything, with cartoons and all this stuff. And it's just, it's huge imprint. That thing, the idea of a kid, just a kid sweeping up and there's a, you know, he, he could be a Jedi. He could be a hero. Holy shit. Yeah. It's on the nose. Who fucking cares? It's so fucking perfect. And they were like, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Metachlorians. Let's bring back. You know, Palpatine. Oh, jeez! Like, like, oh my God! You just don't get it. Yeah, it, it is. It, it was such a letdown. Episode nine. That is. Yeah. In, in I don't know, I, I, we could do like a whole. Yeah, but it's not talking. So let's end it, Jason. Thank you for for coming on. Everything is awesome. Uh, it is. Uh, you know. In that list, that notebook you talked about of, of names that you've wanted on on uh, to interview and whatnot, I have the, a similar notebook with names that I've you know I've wanted on my podcast, and you were one of them. Oh, so no. I can finally get oh, the Oh no! <laughs> oh my God! He heard it. Oh, the ego monster is alive. <laughs> and uh, I I hope that you know uh, it, it, at some point when there's more to talk about, maybe when we just want to talk about the sequel trilogy to Star Wars, uh, I, I would love to have you on again for uh, what you know whatever you want to talk about, whether it be Star Wars comedy, whatever. Absolutely, as long as the check clears. All right, cool, cool, cool. I, it will. I mean, give it like uh, I mean, <laughs> God, quarantine is going to be at least another two, three well, weeks. I, mean, I would give stimulus my- to work, man. <laughs> Oh, that that stimulus was spent already. <laughs> um, Jason, thank you for being on the show. Uh, why don't you let everyone know uh, like the best ways to to find your work on the the internet? Uh, just 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 look to a horizon. When a sun sets and clouds part perfectly, I'll be there. And let's give a big round of applause for Jason for that long, long conversation we had. Um, I had a blast with it. Uh, such a, a generous uh, man to give um, about three hours of his time, two hours that you got to hear uh, just shooting the shit, having a great conversation talking about, I mean, we got real. It was a, it was a roller coaster of a conversation where we went up and down uh, trying to back away from COVID, but it all came back to COVID and the quarantine. And, and it's the times that we live in. Um, and I couldn't be happier with that conversation. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I am very happy that like 
I'm not going to share what we talked about after this conversation, but the conver- the the half hour or so that we chatted after we hit stop, um, some of it was BS, but some of it was like it meant the world to me. It really did. And um, thank you, Jason, uh, for being on the show. Thank you for all the entertainment that you have given me through both podcasting and writing. And I can't wait to continue on um, reading what you write and. Um, you know, listening to what you produce and whatnot and, and going back and even listening to the stuff that you've already put out there in the world and, and just kind of re, um, refinding it again. Um, uh, and of course, you know, uh, we got, uh, some great episodes coming up. I have at the time of this recording for the outro, I haven't booked anyone else for our Wednesday shows. But our Friday shows, you're going to um, look forward to hearing Ben Wallace from the Pot of Love podcast talk about Star Wars with me. We're going to chat about, um, I'm, I have some stuff with Fast and the Furious. I have stuff with um, Captain Marvel. And I have some live shows that we did in 2018. Uh, and I believe 2019, where we did uh, the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. I think we did two or three panels there. Uh, Wizard World 2019, we did two or three panels there as well. And then our live show, I believe, um, I don't think I posted it quite yet, from the uh, 2019 Philadelphia. Uh, no, I did. I think we did post that one, the Philadelphia Podcast Festival um, with. Uh, with rest in peace, Chris Cotton. I think I did uh, post that one. If not, it will be posted shortly. Um, so we, we, we're, we're going to be posting back catalog stuff for the next few Fridays. So stay tuned for that. And uh, stay tuned on our on our social media accounts um, for what we have plans. Um, whenever we have an update with the schedule, I'll probably be posting that uh, on like Tuesdays or Thursdays or something like that. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, in the meantime... We like to end Everything is Awesome with a call to action. Super friends, there's a lot of terrible things going on right now. Uh, we're in the middle of a goddamn pandemic. We're all quarantined in our houses. Um, and, and unless you're you know, essential personnel, which thank you all, all essential personnel, thank you so much for what you're doing. And that's not just first responders. I'm talking delivery truck drivers. I'm talking DoorDash and, and Uber Eats and food delivery people. I'm talking restaurant workers. I'm talking grocery store workers. I'm talking uh, the the cleaning staffs at hospitals and stuff. I'm talking about the teachers who are working at home. I'm talking about the parents who are at home working remotely. Anyone, anyone that is helping society move forward. Thank you so much for everything you're doing. Because of you, uh, I have hope that when we're on the other end of this, that society will still be where it was before this all started, maybe with a few changes with face mask and less handshaking and stuff like that. But it's all because of you guys that I have faith in humanity and society and that we'll, we'll get through this. We will get through this. Um, but there are issues that uh, are probably important to you and you can find those issues uh, and, and call your representatives to make a difference. Um, when I, when I call my reps, I use a site called fivecalls.org. That's the number five calls.org there. You'll find issue summaries for issues that are important to you, contact information for your representatives and a script to read while you're on the phone to make sure your message gets across. Calling is quick, easy, and is one of the most effective ways to have your voice heard. Uh, and there's plenty 
you know, if there's not an issue specific to you that you already want to talk about, you can find something there uh, that matters to you and your community um, because that's what we all are on a global scale right now is a community getting through the COVID-19 crisis. So please find an issue that's important to you. Call your reps about it. Um, we will be getting back into pointing out some um, highlight issues that we think are uh, worth your time to call about. For now, go to vote.org. We're in an election year. Make sure you register vote because even if you think you are, you may not be. Make sure that you have the option for a mail-in absentee ballot because God forbid this thing goes on and we're quarantined any longer. You may need to have that option. If your state doesn't offer that, call your representatives through fivecalls.org and, uh, and, and, and ask, beg for that option. It's your right to have that option uh, to, to be able to vote and, and, and do it safely. Um, and if that means doing it through the confines of uh, our home, through the Internet or through uh, a mail-in ballot, however it is. Make sure you can get that right. Thank you to all our supporters on Patreon.com slash ThatNerdyKev and Ko-Fi.com slash ThatNerdyKev. Without their support, we want to be bringing you this awesome episode of Everything is Awesome. Uh, And as I've said all over these shows lately, going forward, anything that we get from those services that aren't being utilized for other creators that we're actually supporting right now, um, through them, through those services, through my itch.io store, for my game design stuff, and through my writing work, anything that I make uh, out of these hobbies I do from podcasting, game design, and writing, all that stuff will go to organizations and people that need it, whether that is online content creators that have lost their jobs uh, because of the COVID-19 crisis or local businesses that I frequent that I want to see still open on the other end of this. Uh, Any money that we bring in through those services will be used for the foreseeable future to make sure other people have a paycheck of some sort. Any little bit that we can help, we will make sure we help with. That being said, if you have people that you look up to, that you get entertainment from, that could use your help, if you have local businesses that you want to see still open when we're on the other end of this thing please 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 support all those people first i am fine my family is fine we are doing great um we obviously i mean obviously we could be better let's be honest we all could be better but we're fine we can get by but if you don't know Send it over to me through those services, and I will make sure it gets to somebody in need through services and organizations that will make sure that it happens. If you want to support us in a non-monetary way, which would be great, because the more people that listen, the better. Word of mouth recommendations and five-star rating and reviews on Apple Podcasts are the best way to spread the good word of awesome. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at RealAwesomePod or on Instagram.com slash AwesomePodcast. We're available on awesomepodcast.com or thatentertains.com slash network. Get news about everything is awesome from our website, social media accounts, or my personal Twitter at thatnerdykev. If you're interested in ad rates, live appearances, help with your podcast, or have a question or comment, email us at awesome at crudehumorstudios.com. Email us at awesome at crudehumorstudios.com. And remember, those ad rates, anything that we charge for our normal services, we will uh, be taking that money and reinvesting it into um, and, uh, people that need it for being laid off, furloughed, whatever, local businesses, all that money goes towards what 
I guess we'll call a, a everything is awesome COVID-19 relief fund. Um, uh, I mean, that's of course not official. Maybe we'll make something official. I don't know. But um, any money that comes in that's not from my actual paycheck, I mean, and trust me, we're supporting local businesses with that as well. But any extra money that comes in, I will make sure I don't need it. So it's going to go to people that need it. I, I guarantee that, including ad rates and um, anything that we charge for our normal services. Everything is Awesome is a production of That's Entertainment Podcast Network in association with Crudimer Studios. Crudimer Studios is a Philadelphia-based production company specializing in audio, visual, and live performances. You can find more info at crudehumorstudios.com. Super friends, thanks for listening. We've been awesome. This episode of Everything is Awesome is brought to you by Tellist. Tellist is a fantasy world created by Michael D'Angelo. Spanning 15 novels and novellas, Telus is a place of magic and splendor, where great heroes fight for the people. Some of these heroes are blessed with the strain, granting them uncanny abilities. The Telus universe is medieval superhero fantasy with steampunk elements that mix with several different mythologies. With so much to choose from, the world is in your hands. Get more information, purchase the books, and discover the world of Telus at Telus.com. Entertainment and culture. Artist owned, fan supported.